Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. This is the Century episode. Why not? What, they know what a century is. Yeah, well, I might not. Good point. Good point. I, you never know. There might be it's the hundredth episode for the layman. <laughs> the fucking century, man. Yeah. All right, we are here. Uh, uh, I am the Viking. I have the Bourbon Cowboy. I'm the Squirt German, I guess. <laughs> I own it. After a hundred episodes, he's still like, I guess. I own it. Um, and the Mad Russian is here. We'll let him introduce himself here in just a second. He's running around. We were doing our best to replicate the first ever episode of the podcast. So we had all the intentions on being on the patio under the same cabana with some of the same furniture with most of the same people recreating the first podcast. Well, there's hurricane force winds outside and it's going to rain for the next two days. <laughs> hurricane. So yes. I'm trying to create a dramatic scenario for the movement of the podcast indoors. What we're saying is we didn't want to sit outside in the windy, wet shit. And then we're, we're trying inside. to get wet. <laughs> I mean, now that we're in, there's probably no wind. Uh, yeah. It's probably going to stop raining like 10 minutes, too, so Wet I thought that'd be really funny, but I don't really know. So, uh, Mad Rush is coming down. What we are starting with is we're going to be doing some unique cigars in the second half of this episode here in a little bit. Um, we've got Tommy Klein of 314 Cigars and Mickey Gall, uh, or Mickey Pay, hey. sorry, of... Um, All Saints cigars. Uh, Mickey's got a huge long history in the industry, um, dating way back to old Davidoff days, CAO, now his own company now. So we're excited about that. But to start the podcast, I pulled a box of these original 2009. These are the Diesel Unholy Cocktails. These are the cigars that launched AJ Fernandez into the cigar industry. And it's one of the last things he did very well. Oh, whoa, whoa. AJ sounds wow, like it sounds stuff. like he's just gone to shit, man. What'd I say? What'd I say? I said, <laughs> I said oh, okay, okay. Hold I on. said, hold on. You like the Room 101 Johnny Tobacco Nut from, from last year. I'm that was, that. That yeah. was AJ. I said it's one of. Oh. You heard me? Oh, I said it's one okay, of. Okay. One of? Would you fucking come with me? Well, get your stick out. The, the cigar. Which one are we starting with? That one. <laughs> They're the same cigar, Mark. <laughs> Anyway, while he's doing that, yeah, we uh, when I decided and ran by Mark, everything was cool. We would do kind of a revisit to a lot of the um, bottle and bonds, the hundred proof. So we've got four of them here that I picked. I mean, I probably could have brought ten, but there's only so many that'll fit in my. Uh, I grabbed one more. This was, you know, th that same event that we all. Went is that a bottle and bond hunter proof though? It's hunter proof. It's not. It's not. It's not bottle and bond. Well, that's the. That's the uh, Bissinger's thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Still hunter proof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as it's a hundred, maybe we'll let yeah. it in. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, it'll slide. It'll slide. I just thought we would try slide these like and, and 
Oh, yeah. Out of these four or five, pick which one. Well, obviously that that's going to be a little pricier, but these are all around 20 bucks, 20 to $25, depending on. Now, the early times, I think you have to maybe find that in Illinois. I don't think we've got that in St. Louis. Early times is in St. Louis, yeah. I think that's the last one you got me. I got that in Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going to start with JW Dent. And um, of course, it's a bib and hundred proof and um, old school bottle. Yeah. And on the back, of course, distilled by Heaven Hill. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. No. You surprised? No. no. Me. No. <laughs> and nope. We will continue with that theme because I'm pretty sure I think most of the bottle and bond is distilled by Heaven Hill. Yeah. But either way, we'll, yeah. we'll see who likes what the best. Anyway. So well, let's get our inaugural cheers on that. Hundred episode, we're all really excited about this. Cheers, cheers, Mad Russian. Cheers to you, brother. Whenever you get in here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cheers to Matt, Mark out of these back in here. Oh, apologies. Sorry. sorry. That happened. That just all of that just happened. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Cheers, guys. Century episode. Century episode. Century fucking mm. episode, dude. Century. Mm. It never, never gets old, man. You know, you know what that reminds me of. For is this Dan or Brown? What did you say? Dan. That's the Dan. 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 Yeah. You know that that taste reminds me of right there. That reminds me of. Um, oh, what was it? It was uh, Weston and horrible decision making. God, that was such a good time. Sorry, I'm just reminiscing. I don't know what it was about that. Well, right wait, reminiscing about which incident? Well, all of them. Um, but we, no, it was it was just like that. That reminded me of one of one of the ones we had at the oh, event, wow. and it, for whatever reason, it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> that whole thing was a hell of a lot of fun. And surprisingly enough, I remember it to the very end. Wait till we go back this year. <laughs> all right, we're going back. Well, what do you think about? The, um, the bourbon. This is this is the one I remember when we first had this. Um, I think we've had a podcast a couple times. Probably. Um, this is where my buttery notes started coming from. Where it's got that like literally like butter on toast, like slightly melted, just right toast is great. Like that buttery <laughs> where it's not quite honey, you know, but it's just enough to be yeah butter. Oh yeah. And I'm talking butter, not that I can't believe it's not butter shit. Butter. Yeah. All right? Yeah, Russian butter is a lot sweeter. You know, you know who can believe that it's not butter? Hmm. Chuck Norris. You're fired. <laughs> so. Come on! I That's literally, like literally the first ever Chuck Norris joke. I literally, I literally wrote a podcast called a Cigar Dad. If I'm not gonna make horrible dad jokes when I'm a guest on a That's, on a podcast, are those dad jokes now? I mean, I would assume so. They're terrible now at this point. So I just in there grouped in. I used to have a I used to have a, a shirt that had like 27 things that Chuck Norris can do better than you. And like one was like uh, something like you've never heard Chuck Norris sneeze because he if he sneezed he'd kick that sneeze's ass like just dumb shit. What about no, my favorite like, ones? Chuck Norris doesn't poop because the shit's too afraid to come out. Yeah. Like <laughs> one of my favorite ones is the the old adage like yeah uh, many years ago Chuck Norris punched a horse in the, or uppercut a horse in the mouth its descendants are now known as giraffes. <laughs> okay. Shit like that man it's it's so dumb but it's fun so. Yeah. The cigar we're smoking, the Unholy Cocktail, again, AJ's first um, rendition into the cigar world, when it was just his little factory in Esteli. 
The entire thing is Esteli Nicaragua tobacco. Um, there's some San Andreas on the wrapper. Uh, this cigar is literally what launched him through. And in 2009, when the cigar came out, next to Padron and early Oliva, like Oliva Serie S's that, you know, if you find now the damn cigars were the grand, um, they were some of the like <clears throat> only true Esteli Puros that were coming out in Nicaragua at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was still a little too afraid, you know, to throw all the spice at it, get it real full, too much body, too much smoke. Uh, but these really kind of buffed it off. So, have we ever? Have I ever had one of these? Probably not. Unless I gave it to you. No, yeah, yeah, probably not. Like, yeah, yeah, because unholy cocktail, I, it, it seems very familiar. But yeah, yeah I told you all the time of... we've talked. If I had to pick one, one cigar, if it's an original 2009 box. Like, cause they still make them now. Like, he still makes them now. They're all, it's all CI and all that. But, yeah, you can find them easily. But they're, and, and it's still the same back. but these are just, those Vintage. are old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I've smoked, I have some of the newer ones at home. They're a couple years old, but not 13 or whatever mm-hmm. it is now. And yeah, no, that amount of age does this cigar so wonderfully well. It mellows out that spice big time. But there's still plenty of pepper in this. I mean, you know, but I mean, there's, it's it's like very rich, very decadent. Almost, yeah, it's I'd cool. Say. Like how your palates change over time. Like I used to get, this used to be a chocolate stick to me. And now it's it's more, again, like this has that bread feature to it. The wheat and the chocolate, mm-hmm. a little bit of spice. And like buttery wheat bread and cashews. And then Whatever, a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, I mean, bread. serve me up, bro. I mean, yeah. Butter my bread, baby. Mm. Well, so what are you thinking, man? Actually, I was kind of wondering Maybe I should have included some chocolate in this. <coughs> good? Yeah, it's good. I never know what he's going to say sometimes because, you know, he'll say, he'll like, actually, I, I'm really not enjoying this at all. <laughs> Every once in a while, he'll pull one and be like, I, I, I'm, I'm really not getting this cigar. You, you got you to remember, Mark, uh, Mark, there's a for here, the Mad Russian, has, has the, the thought process of like a small dog or... I, I'm kind of. I'm, kind of I'm not sure if he's trying to compliment you right now. Or, 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 like, or like my two-year-old son, right? He can focus on one thing very intently, and that's where all he can focus on. Or his brain is all over the place, and he can't focus on anything. Subsequently, I'm the same he's, way. But that's true. He's processing deeply everything. Yeah. Yeah. I should have had. Chocolate. What do you think of the dent? Or dent? 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 Again, sour mash. Yeah, I forgot how good that was, and I, I remember, you know, when over the excitement when when, when it finally arrived in, in stores in the metro area, and it, it was it, it, stores couldn't keep them; they were flying off the shelves. Mm-hmm. It was it, it had to be you know this kind of secret network. Was that like how many years ago? Well, because I, I know I just found it. You know, I'm always looking for the bottom shelf. You know stuff that is a bib and we try it and it's fantastic and i'm like wow that's amazing found it on the bottom shelf how good is that 20 25 bucks i was like that's yeah. crazy good. well and after you introduced it on 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 the podcast um some of the, you, you you i don't think you specified which store but you said illinois and some of the those illinois stores that had it the, the, they're getting cleaned out so well, I know for a fact that I've seen it at Captain Z's. I think he regularly has that stocked. Um, the, 
well, and there's obviously we got three or four more, but you know, if you look, you can find it. It's around town. It's I think it's fantastic. I've seen guys buy it in the the one point seven five. I've never seen it, but they said it's out there. The one seven five with a dent. Yeah, like a half handle. It's yeah, probably yeah. twenty eight bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> twenty seven ninety two. Um. <coughs> Yeah, so 100 episodes, man, it's been really fucking awesome. It really has. You know, along the way, we've picked up, you know, our steadfast locker sponsor, Lit. Um, we've hooked up and became great partners with Mike Weller of AP and Table 36. Um, speaking of Captain Z's, he, his humidor is being built out. Oh, really? His new, yeah, his humidor is about three times the size it is now. It's <coughs> done. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be... We still in the same place over there off Telegraph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he... He gave up that idea of trying to make a lounge there. He really wanted that. They wouldn't. They just wouldn't. They wouldn't budge. They wouldn't give him the the licenses and permits or whatever. They give those guys a, a, a really hard time. He said, he told me that after he got the, the liquor license and they and they, they they built the place, they they somebody came came in to to, to to shut them down because of the proximity to the, yeah. the the church across the street, and they said that they had mismeasured it. So then he had to go. Through the, through the county process of appealing that, and they, they agreed no, no, uh, to, to give him the liquor license back. Yeah. And then, but they would not grant the, 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 the whatever licenses to create a lounge. So then they owned that, that, that space next door, and they were, after COVID, that became very useful for beer stores because they said they'd have to put these massive orders in for Budweiser. And then you remember there was like the aluminum shortages. So they, they had a hard time getting cans. He had, he'd have, so he, he needed that storage. That's what's going to be the, the new humidor. All right, guys. So we're going to take our quick break. I didn't think it happened this quick. We're going to take our break. Uh, Tommy and Mickey are here. We're going to bring them in, and then we're just going to keep going through, okay? Cool. All right. So check this out for Stone Tribe, and we'll be back. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com. It's actually the same change for us. Now, after I started using up the DSR and all over his fucking bands, you can't trademark the props. No, you can't. you can't. But I don't know, I still don't understand the deal that Pete Johnson and fucking uh, Altidus got in that song with the Ford Elite. Because you know, Pete uses the Ford Elite. Oh, and all those balls, brown, red, and white. Yeah, but yeah. Altidus went after him. I'm like, how? You can't do that. So, well, somehow, somehow, well, he still uses the Ford Elite, doesn't yep. he? Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he, but that was, I, it's bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, All right, yeah. guys, so we're back. We've got with us Tommy oh. Klein of 314 Cigars, and um, we're just back. Don't worry. Yeah, none of that's in there. Oh, we live? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're going. Oh, okay. No, so now we are. Yeah, she back up. jeez. Can I get a water? Totally. Totally. Uh, we've got Tommy Klein from 314 Cigars here, who is now uh, the broker for All Saints Cigars. And we've got the very fortunate pleasure. Uh, Mickey Pegg is here with us as well. Um, this is a man with a storied history in cigars. He's been around a very long time. Um, and he's here with us with the All Saints Cigars. So. What are we going to smoke? And then we'll get into everything, man. So we brought with us today the St. Francis 
the Dedication, the Dedication Habano, and the St. Francis, Colorado. Uh, and I'll let Mickey go into <coughs> giving you what you think you might want to smoke. Okay. Yeah, we grab that So what do you think, Megan? Oh, I'm sorry. That's we are live, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, sorry for all that uh, dead air. So, um, so we probably only have time for like one or two cigars, so we'll leave you with something to get after. But probably the neatest thing to talk about right now would be the St. Francis. Okay. Uh, a story, and I'll try to run you through everything, but uh, the St. Francis is got Cigar of the Year with... Uh, uh, or the contender of the year with uh, two guys in the Cigar Authority. I was just on their podcast this weekend. We, were up, we did a sale in the three stores. And it was awesome up in New Hampshire. Uh, and it has a Oscuro wrapper on it. So it has some Condega in there. It's going to be a little salt forward. Anything compared with anything we know at the end of the day. But it tends to go uh, a little more towards the Scotch side. I think I'm a bourbon guy. I'm a sweet tooth. When, I, when I'm stateside, I drink bourbon. Uh, sometimes too much, and then when I'm down in the uh, factories, I, I tend to drink a lot of Florida Cognac. So okay, yeah. So I kind of had that sweet tooth. So, but I'll, I'll kind of reference that a little bit when we talk about the dedication and the other blends. But yeah, that is a smooth wrapper. Thank you. Good. I mean, that is, that is a silky smooth wrapper. Well, the beautiful thing about Ooh, that is. What we do is, um, and I don't want to answer too many things before you ask questions. I tend to get on a roll and it's all a bit air and be yapping, but um, we, all our stuff is made in the Tabacusa factory. The Tabacusa factory is owned by, uh, majority of it's owned by Rocky Patel, and that's his boutique factory. So it's, what's neat about that factory uh, is, you know, a lot of his production uh, is done in a lot of other places, and this is a factory. And I just got off the phone with Nimish and they upped their, you know, there's a, obviously a shortage of labor. They were just up their pairs by 30%. So that's uh, incredible. So that's going to help with production. Right now, I believe they keep telling me, uh, knock on wood, that I'm the only one that has that kind of relationship <clears throat> okay. on that factory yeah. right now, which is, which is beautiful. And I think one of the things I really love about that factory so many different things. Uh, we had about five awards I had to take down. I took them down and uh, we took some pictures and it was really neat. Is that gives me the ability to do my blending and obviously I don't, I'm not a master blender or any of that sort. I've never claimed to be. Um, I know my tobaccos that we use and the tobaccos I want to use, but for the uh, most part is uh, I work with Amica or Milcar Perez and then his cousin. Mostly lately I've been working with Herbert, his cousin, uh, Herbert Castro, which okay. is G-E-R-B-E-R, -E I don't know why we call him Herbert, but whatever. Uh, so that, and, and, you know, what's really special about that is if I start to get close to something, they'll tell me to back off. You know, there's, I've been told to back off a couple times. So if your blend approaches something on the market, yeah, they're around, they're they have, out. yeah, it's, it's, listen, this is, uh, you're getting close. Okay. So they have one on the market, it's delicious, and, I, and it's an around cigar. I won't say what the name is. I'm like, damn, I, I think I was, this is one of the ones I was trending on. <laughs> Does so, uh, the Tabacusa factory, is that who handles all of Hamlet's production? Uh, mostly, mostly, yeah. So Hamlet, yeah, matter of fact, I was on the phone with him this morning because I got a couple of special projects I'm working on for next year. I was just down there going down there in May. So Hamlet's a guy that we really communicate with. There's a lot of other logistics that go on in the background, but Hamlet's like, 
make sure that everything happens. I go down there, they have all the leaves that I want out, or you know, the piles, of, and you know, that sort. So that's our communication. Uh, you know, when we have a, a batola shape move, or there's miscommunication on that, it's 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 him. So I tend to talk to him before I go down to the factory, and I tend to talk to him afterwards to make sure. I'm functional a little bit in Spanish. Uh, I used to be a lot better, but just make sure that nothing's lost right. you know, in the process. And Hamlet's just absolutely, you know, he's a typical Cuban, you know. He's, um, he's a bit of a stud. He's yeah. the smartest guy in the room. You don't believe me, just ask him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's funny because all the Cubans are the ones that run all the damn factories down there. Right. And, and that's why that's why you get all, you get that precision that you get. That's awesome. All Saints, you guys launched in 18? Yeah, so basically, I don't know if you know my history, but uh, I was in for quite a bit, got out. But so around 2017, me and Frank, my, Frank Leo, who's my partner, uh, after years of saying, let's get, get you back in the business, let's get you back in the business, it actually turned out for the best because it's our money that's in the business. Now, we do have small investors, very small, and that was, um, it was almost like a marketing thing, and it's great. These guys are their business acumen to help us from a, from a structural standpoint of business uh, is absolutely amazing. And the whole thing was basically the Tom, I call it the Tom Sawyer. I'll tell you what, you pay me five bucks, I'll let you pay my fence. You know, <laughs> we hope they were to be interactive and, you know, helping us with promote our stuff on social media, but it's just a bunch of rich old smart guys that want to say they're an investor in a cigar company. And they're a bunch of great guys, so I bust the balls <laughs> a little bit. Um, so, you know, where were we going? I asked about the start of the company. Right? So yeah, so, 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 so 17, I just want to, sorry to give you that too much. You asked me what time it is, I told you to watch. So if you look, so 17, we started doing, I went down there and that's the Solamente, that project, how that kind of came to be. And I was going to go down there in 18 and visit the factories and that didn't happen because the political climate was horrible. Yeah. I got down there in 19 and then around November 1st, it was, um, I officially said I'm doing this full time. So. In between, I was selling mutual funds. But the interesting thing was uh, that our first container that came in on time was February 2020. And actually, when we finally we had the money in escrow and everything, and so finally, when we finally signed the paperwork, it was like the last week of October, and I'm on a cigar coop. I think it was coop. And I'm out there. My wife likes to heckle me when I'm out in my studio. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the studio, but. It's, I feel the same way. Yeah. That, that's my studio. Everybody goes, I got all my old stuff behind me, and everybody goes, like, dude, your man cave looks amazing. I'm like, no, dude. Like, if you came here, you'd like Is this one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peripheral camera view looks awesome. Yeah, so she'll watch it live in the house, and she'll, you know, she'll come out and start heckling me. And she's like, you dumbass, All Saints, November 1st, it's, you know, All Saints Day. Your, your anniversary is All Saints Day. So, All Saints, November 1st, 2019. Uh, you know, we uh, officially said I'm going full time. We're going back at it. So awesome! And you, so your your, I mean, I know a little bit of your history. You were with Davidoff mm. for a few years, right? Wow. Seven? No, actually, uh, yes. But um, before that, I uh, I was a junior in college, and I worked part time at Georgetown Tobacco. So I'm not going to bore you with all those little stories, but from there, I got picked up with Davidoff, and they were going from a broker to a direct sales force, so I helped them do that. Then I had a little stint with Philippe Gregorio, and then, you know, from there, went to uh, uh, CAO. And that's when, that's when you, you know, you were, yeah, all those guys, you were sales, and then, you know, working with the blending and all that stuff with 
you were in Tim, and obviously it was Tim, you know, at the yeah. forefront. And that's where a lot of that acumen learning, that, that type of stuff, you know, with teachers like Nestor Sr., Perdomo, and all those guys. Did you stay with CAO after the acquisition, or did you leave when, yeah. when, when uh, Sweden took it? Yeah, no. So uh, they came in, they bought us. Uh, a year, it was actually called Scandinavian Tobacco. At that time. Scandinavian Tobacco, yeah. It was called, at that time, it was called Scandinavian Tobacco. They were going to keep us rolling as an entity and then try to run that as a separate under that under, under that umbrella because of some of the other products that they had that they were kind of in this market that they wanted to take from a mass market side. A year later, I was gone. <laughs> so, and that's when they, and then I found out shortly after that they said they're going to move it from Nashville, they're going to move it to Richmond, and then roll it into General. Okay. So that was, that was, I was out after year one, and then everybody, within that second year, everybody was gone except for a couple of sales guys yeah. I hired. Uh, Were you there when Ricky came over? <laughs> no. no. So, so that was after the second year, after <laughs> okay. the Richmond. Okay. They ran, rolled it in in general, and then Scandinavian Tobacco became STG, Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Yeah. So I was gone after a year. Okay. And then the second year, everybody else was gone. Okay. <laughs> they kept a couple of sales guys, and then Ricky shortly took took that over. What's funny is people, when uh, they're like, dude, you work at CAO? You work on the cigars there? I'm like, yeah. They're like, that flathead's amazing. I'm like, that was me. <laughs> that was Rick. That's going to be the funniest story in the world. Yeah, it's like, it, you know, I'm like, no, that wasn't me. Uh, it's all when, yeah, because at that time when I left them and then I kind of freaked out, went back to the Philadelphia area, finished up my master's at the University of Pennsylvania, sold mutual funds and then used that. You know, the first year after I didn't smoke a cigar, I was pretty depressing. Like, you know, Churchill calls it the black dog. That was on my lap. I, I didn't have a creative idea. I didn't have anything. So that was that time out. And thank God, if we would have gone in, if me and Frank would have started that project right away, we probably, we would have had to unload like big investors, not not the ones the ones we have is very minor, great guys. Um, it's a, it's a small percentage of our business. Okay, um, we would have had to take on heavy investors. It would have been a heavy angel VC kind of scenario. But now it's it's basically it's me and Frank's wedding, so which awesome. is good. So so how long? And I want to get with, yeah. with Tommy and you and how that hooked up. Um, but everyone let the cigar up. So, what do you think of the cigar? Good, Mark. Anybody? Good, Mark. St. Francis. Box press is set of scuro, right? Jump in at once. Set of scuro. Yeah, like I said, look, the the wrapper on this thing is it's, it's one of the smoothest wrappers on a cigar. Yeah, and um, the box press is perfect. Period. When you're yeah. like, it is a really tight, nice box press. It's really smooth. For me, it's not a lot of forward peppers. A little bit there. You said it lean. You said it would lean towards salt, right? Yeah, yeah but you're gonna get a lot of pepper. In it. Matter of yeah, fact, yeah. we did the retro. The not, retro holds all the spice. You're yeah. you're you're really gonna pick up the pepper in the retro. Mm. So, what do you think? <clears throat> I like it. It's like really uh, different. The flavors are a little different, and I, I guess that's what I'm tasting is that salt forward. But yeah, um, what bready. Like same thing with that. Like well, yeah, touching the on pepper that. and all that in the retro yeah. hell is even. as well. You can hit it with a spice rye bread. I can take that. Yeah. It's good. It really holds all the spice up in your up retro. Up in the nose, yeah. I like that. I was thinking I, I would. I want to try this with one of the German Rausch beers. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that would make a really good pairing. It, it's it'd be, it'd be complimentary. I grabbed a piece of cheese here, which um, was. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> 
Is it busty? Well, I wasn't exactly happy with that one. But. So uh, when you guys pair, how do you guys like to pair? Do you like the, the contrast? Do you like the, 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 the mat? I like, I, I'm all over the board. That's, you know, yeah, we are so yeah, it, that's on what the, makes it exciting. On the podcast, it's never planned, right? So, yeah. The location is set, the cigars are at random, and the bottles that day are at random, right? So when it's done, like today, when we get done, we'll pick, we'll talk about what we thought the best was with what and do that. Um, if we're sitting down and something is planned, uh, I always prefer contrast because liquid will always be denser on your palate than smoke will be. Right. But smoke has more of a retro hang around than liquid does, right? Um, so I find it very fun and unique. For example, we'll, we'll like, they'll leave a Connecticut Reserve, okay? Super creamy, potent smoke body to a real mild. Put that against a cast strength that's heavily sweetened. What is this? This is delicious, by the way. That's JW. Damn it. They know you there. Okay. We, uh, early on, when we were doing our bourbon tastings, I, uh, you know, everybody's looking for the unicorns, the, the right. bad boys, whatever, and they become less and less that you can find. So I really got into bibs trying to get down to Louisville and buy them off the bottom shelf for other $12 right. and put them away. Okay, so I've got a collection of bibs right all the way up through um, Old Fitzgerald, one of my favorites. Right. But most of these bibs are all coming out of Heaven Hill, right? Okay. So a lot of these are going to be similar. So it was our 100th uh, episode on the podcast today. So I was like, why well, don't I just grab a bunch of bibs of course, I, I would have had to bring three or four backpacks, but <clears throat> we got four or five here that we were going to try that I know we've had before, and uh, they're all hunter proof. And just see if we can pick one out that we like better than the other. But they're all really good. Yeah, I think old tub that may be. I think that's Jim Bean, <clears throat> but probably for the most part, the other yeah, that's Jim Bean is uh, probably all heaven help. Which Mickey, I, there's a bean that was involved with heaven hell too, right? Well, I think at one time they're all been involved with one or the yeah. other at some time, right? Because they're all pretty good family-oriented people down there. Somebody marries her, or he's married him. Yeah. Right. Well, that's yeah. It's like the royal family. It's, it's like the royal like family, but it's bourbon. They yeah, just married. In the cigar <laughs> the manufacturers, you kind of see that. It's funny because when I was with at CAO, we lived in Nashville. We were three hours south of the bourbon trail. Back then, bourbon was okay, and actually my Ballywick was to go and uh, I'd do bourbon tasting when we were doing event, or, or pairings. Now I don't, I mean, it's just, everybody's doing it. Not that everybody's doing it, but there's a lot of doing it. And all of a sudden, um, we'd horse trade for wine, and we'd horse trade for bourbon. And John comes in, and he goes, Mickey, you like bourbon? Have you ever heard of this Buffalo Trace? And I go, yeah, they're new. They were just getting under that name and building that new facility. That's about 15... 16, 17 years ago. I, I, I can't remember the exact number. 04, what, 0203? Well, I think I bought my first Buffalo Trace in, in three or four, 2003. All right, so that's about when I moved to Nashville. So, yeah. and, and he goes, oh, no, no, these guys are really aggressive and they're not the great guys. And so, but it was funny because when, you know, when I left CAO, I moved the family back to Philadelphia. I had a case of happy. I had no idea what the fuck I had. I was drinking this, and I mean, I came back with like four cases. And I'm like, yeah, it was a little bit of a rough patch financially because I was finishing up school and I was still interning, not interning, but learning on the what they call the desk before I went out as a full wholesaler. To what were they costing then, though? I, I couldn't even tell. I, I, I couldn't even tell you, but it really wasn't that expensive. It was right. the fact 
you know, you don't know how expensive shit is until you pay for it. But even at that time, if I had to pay for it, it really wasn't anything that was like earth, earth shattering expensive. And I'm like, shit, I would have sold those same things. But I drank them. So. Now you put. Now, <laughs> now, you, now, now you now you can now you wouldn't have needed investors. Yeah, I mean, especially um, the one now that old. Oh no, my god, that'd yeah. be before before lot numbers and everything. That everyone pays shit tons of money for you, it could, you could have said yeah this is before they had any lot numbers this is the original yeah that's you know free fire right yeah, yeah. You, could have, you could have sold those bottles you could have i mean yeah you could have financed the company for a good minute with that that right. money um Mickey, is all the cigars box press most of them are so uh in a, so we have four lines of market so the dedication and the uh, dedication and the saint francis the six by 60 is around okay <coughs> And the miter, which is our torpedo, is a five by fifty-four, oh, which is round. It's a short, fat. Kind of reminds me. I'm sorry, it's, it's written on the paper. Yeah, no. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was in the army. He doesn't read very well. You'll have to yeah. excuse him. Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, no, no, no. But that's right. He didn't have time. But that's a great question. They, these guys can't. They can't read because they're listening. But um, now in the Colorado and the Habano, it's a soft box press on the sixties. But we have other shapes coming out, but yeah. Okay, that's interesting, man. I feel like you've really found like a lot, a lot of the big, a lot of the big cigars that have come out, like especially this last year. More and more of them are finding in that box press. And, yeah, uh, our initial orders back in seventeen, when I kind of modeled out what we were going to take, to, you know, what uh, the stuff that needed to age in the Escaparate, stuff like that. Uh, it was like seventeen percent. Whereas the six by sixties, no, it's it's up in the it's in the twenties now. Yeah. And I'm not a really big ring gauge smoker. If you see me smoking a big ring gauge, I'm doing a quality control smoke. <laughs> but they sell. Oh yeah, they do. Them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of lounges do well with them. Now I'm seeing them in the golf community, so which is interesting. So I asked a couple of my buddies, you know, why are you smoking the six by sixties? And they said, listen, you know, it's usually like a Churchill or a Prime Minister or something like that. And then I still need another smaller cigar after I turn twelve. They're like, this gets me to about the fourteenth or the fifteenth yeah. hole. And that, that's enough. So we've uh, we, we've heard we've heard that a lot too, especially at some of the courses that, that like we play at, that we hang out with, we do events with, and stuff. Well, I live in seeing, I live in the Gulf Mecca. I live right outside of Philadelphia, so I've walked by Lanark, Marion's down the street, uh, Aronics down the street. I got Pine Valley right over the bridge. Oh, uh, so the sixties are really big in in the golf side. It's starting yeah. to, but I'm yeah. I'm seeing that trend because it's guys that I wouldn't normally see smoking a six by sixty. But on a yeah. course, on the course they are. Yeah, but we're always when we're in the men's grill, we we have a smoking area off the men's grill. It's outside and it's tenant when it needs to be. Yeah, yeah we, tenant, we but it's upstairs. Yeah, we do it. The legends. As well. they're, they're they're not they're not smoking six by no. six. They're smoking their regular go to cigar. Sure. So ah, uh, that's one of my least favorite places to smoke a cigar. I was talking to Tommy about this. Is on the golf course. Uh, years ago, I threw a cigar down. My lips blew up and my throat got scratchy, and I'm like, screw this. So, yeah. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be the right day. Like we played golf a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It was you know it was fifty six degrees. There was really no wind. It was sunny. So in the sun, it was six. Smoked a couple of cigars on the course that day. That was fine. Yeah. You know, then we sat out in the quarter pound gas. That was fine. But in July, yeah, you know when I'm sweating every poison out of my body I've ever taken yeah. in and haven't even teed off yet, right? right? Not smoking. <laughs> Every it's not out, body, man. I don't know. That's a lot. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> you sweat all out of once, you might actually die. Right, right. That's when I uh, met Mark, I was smoking six sixties because, and that's 
four years ago or whatever. Before that, I was smoking 660s because back then, that's where the spice was in the big cigars. Like, well, because you got to amp it up a little bit because of the dirt. So my favorite, uh, you know, all in all, out of the ones which was a limited amount of what I could find, was the Asylum Premium. Right. That one just fit all the bills for me, and I loved it. Well. Yeah, spice has become so popular now you get it yeah. everything so now the 660 isn't as important to me anymore as it was but that's kind of how i got hooked on that big one but then i never could go to the now the seven seventies right. now the eight eighties i tell you tommy and christian jumped on that like it was tommy that jumped on it obviously but yeah that's uh now when i was at cao we had a great relationship with the buckuses i went to high school with the buckuses the kids and then tim went to college with maddie buckus out at usc in california so we had mr buck or dick buckus was dick. You know, one of our spokesmen and our brazilian goal G-O-L, G-O-L, yeah. uh was um i think it was a 58 i should remember this but i think it was a 58, 58. It, was, it was that was kind of you know, a little bit of a trend of that yeah. that larger scar and that, that was his particular cigar didn't americana go to a 60 though uh, yes, I think it was called the Potomac. That yeah. was the last cigar that I worked on. Oh, okay. yeah. The America. Yeah. I also find, though, that in the Midwest, 60s are very popular. They're popular everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I see from a, uh, a lot of standpoints, 60s are hot commodity, and it's very weird because you've got the, the people like yourself that don't smoke them, and they are religiously not smoking them, and then you've got that group that if they're robustos, and that's all they're going to smoke. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, then, and then in the, in the Midwest, especially, and I'm, I'm going to use the St. Louis, Kansas City kind of market too, right. which is interesting, is it's a very densely populated cigar market, right? Right. And in each of the shops, you'll find multiple ranges of 60s, right? And then in specific, not specific, it's like one shop in each area will have a wide range of 70 to 80 blended with a bunch of 60, where where not I'm not going to say exact percentage, but if you're looking for a 48, a 50, a 52, or anything Lancero to Corona size, no, right? Mm-hmm. The smallest size you'll locate is a, a Toro or a, anywhere from 54 to 70. And it's just because in that store, in that market, now there may be a store five miles away, six miles away, and you can find everything you want. But in that store right there, right. everyone smokes 60. Right. And it's everything from sweet cap to, you know, because the right, Sion's right. got that sweet cap, and then, you know, all the Euroa stuff in the 70s and 80s and fucking the, the April Fools, the 990s. Right. <laughs> Which is 90, have you ever noticed though, too, all their sizes are the girth and then the length. So it's 90 mm-hmm. by 9. Asylum? Yeah. Yeah. So what I think all of Camacho, well, all the Christian stuff, it could, but I know at least Asylum is. I always thought it was neat. What the hell did you give me that I smoked down in St. James that day? Oh, um, one of uh, one of my cu- our, our customers at Lit, um, she goes down to Ebor a lot. And uh, one of the rollers down there rolled a, um, a Moab, is what they called it. And it started... It was a 48 cap, expanded to a 72, and it was about four and a half inches long. So there was, a, there was enough, like a a, enough ca- oh, howitzer, the sorry, howitzer. it was the howitzer. Yeah. Had enough that you could hold in your teeth 
and then you literally look like baby baby <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, uh, Roger Rabbit. Yeah, you got that big sideways. Oh, out. Wild. I, I smoked a multi afternoon. It was pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. <laughs> he, he actually gave me, it was one of the, one of the diesel... Um, Ones it's like their only big like like seventy ring gauge. I can't remember what the hell it was. You gave it to me one night and I was smoking it outside by the fire, and that thing was amazingly mellow and sweet. But like I'm like I've I mean, for lack of better terms and you know pun completely intended, I've never put anything quite that big in my mouth before. So it was a right. little bit different. And that's why oh, I gave it away because I'm not doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a bad episode. <laughs> He didn't hear that. Though. Well, he was in the Navy, so it's probably he probably probably very used to that, man. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. I'll get promoted. So, <laughs> um, how did when did you start? Obviously, have you been doing most of the distribution and travel by yourself, or do you have other brokers like Tommy or Three? Yeah, all our brokers pretty much came on in the last couple months. So it's um, so yeah, I was doing it. So when we first got to market. That, and that and the pandemic started what i did for about two months is i had a lot of fr- where i got my start as a rep you know after being in retail uh was the middle for that dc dc area and also uh, philadelphia is that about 40 accounts at that point just from old friends and saying yes and you know it was tough because we were behind the curtain you know was, nobody knew who we were um so, but I had a lot of friends and people that kind of got waned and wanted cigars. So what I did is I personally delivered the cigars from Jersey all the way down to Northern Virginia and then ran the cre- their credit card through the closest retailer that was to that particular house. Because I was I refused to sell the back of my car. I know a couple people did it and I think their assholes were doing it. Uh, that helps I'm sorry, sorry, like, you know. And that helps uh, the local brick and mortars out, though. Yeah, and they, those guys well, have 100%. Yeah. And it, it, for me, that was like one of the smartest things I did because those guys behind me, and they, they told two friends, they tell two friends. Well, and you, and you, show, you showed your, your faith and trust in the brick and mortar instead right. of leading your beginning of sales activity, just trying you to get it out there. Right. And yeah. And, you know, Frank and I, Frank Leo, my partner, and I had conversations like, we're in this. We're, we're, we're going to figure it out and we're going to navigate this. So after about two months, kind of touching down in uh, Virginia, and I, I noticed that like outside the hotels, there was no COVID in the Carolinas, Virginia, <laughs> Florida. So I just got in the car and just went and just started grinding, you know. So and that was it, and we got to the point, and, uh, and then we brought the brokers on, and overnight that we were seeing some of that, and they're getting us in the spots that we want to be in, you know. So which is great, and partner with the people, and that's what we want to do is we want to create a partnership. You know, for instance, like one of the, you know, the, the customer engagement, I, sometimes I get compliments on, on social media and I go, are you, are you kidding me? All I'm doing is regurgitating, but they said at least I'm touching. <laughs> so, and I try to tell people where I'm at because I have friends all over the place. Hopefully, you know, they come in and tell two friends, tell two friends. But, you know, so we're, we're coming up with a concept. We're called Crew, K-R-E-W-E, little play on like the Mardi Gras cruise yeah. and stuff like that. So we're working on a consumer engagement and also by the PCA we'll have kind of like a retailer incentive program. We'll have a name for that. We haven't come up with the name, so if anybody's got a name, send it over to me. So we'll have that finalized because those are uh, those are critical pieces, you know. Like a, like a tiered program for like yeah, a, some kind of tiered or maybe just a, not too much, but also I, I don't want to be I don't want to be a bulldozer. So you don't want to be a diplomat program. But and, it could well something esque of that. Yeah, but, but not also, a white label issue with Davidoff. 
Right, right. Yeah, they all have a certain parameter, but I want to right. do something that, that's a mutual partnership. Cool. That we grow together in that kind of concept and rewards going yeah. both ways. So there's got to be, you know, you got you to have an attitude. Right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's okay. like yeah. you got you to, you know, it's it's not an, you know, relationships are not an ATM, just taking withdrawals all the time. Mm -hmm. You got to put something into it. So something that's, you know, mutually beneficial for, for both parties. So because to me, the most important part, and John and I used to talk about this all the time. I go, like, the consumer is the most important cog in the wheel, right? But you have to definitely respect the venue uh, or the conduit of how they are getting your your cigars. So, you know, that that that's extremely important. So we need we want to formalize that a little bit now that we're getting a little bit of sand under our feet, and also getting feedback from our brokers. So that now we can get into some more creative ideas and, and, and things to do. So. Exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a lot of a lot of growth in there. Um, so, what did you pour, Mickey? What's he drinking? He's having the, uh, a lot. JW. Yeah. JW. So we're going to put you. on. Yeah, the brown. Tommy, the good. What are you sipping on, buddy? I don't know what they poured me. <laughs> well, everybody's had the JW. Okay, okay. that's what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. This, this thing's delicious. Now we're going to move on to JTS Brown, which. Um, Again, this is really so. Next time I come, we're gonna have to fucking set a day aside for this shit. I, got, uh, I still got an event going. Yeah, on. we're gonna loop you up for the event. Yeah, man. You guys coming to the event today? I I'm actually going to the Elton John concert tonight, yeah. so I will not be there, unfortunately. <laughs> You're down at uh, Riverman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crew tomorrow. Crew tomorrow. Be at Crew tomorrow. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so Tommy, three one four scars. Okay. Yes, I remember when you first launched it. Okay. You were riding with uh, was Bellotto and Caldwell forever, right. right? Yeah. And then when I started looking into, well, Mickey, when your name came up again. So I've heard your name before in conversations with people like Rick Rizzi, John. No, I would hope so. I was so. up a <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he comes back from, was it, it was, was it PCA this yeah. year? That you lock everything up? TPE. Oh, TPE, and, I'm sorry. Uh, he comes in, he's giggly and smiling as all hell can be. He gives me a big hug. Business is a boom, and we're like, hell yeah. Um, he shows me some Blanco stuff, then he starts talking about all sets. And he, and he says your name, we get into it, and then he calls me a day later, and he said you were coming into town. So then I took a deep dive into you, and I was trying to see what I could find. And yeah. Course, it's the Mickey, the Mickey I thought about and, and all that. Thank you. Um, so how, and this, if this can be disclosed, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to ask anything that's gonna put anyone out. When a, a broker like Tommy approaches you, right? Yeah. What makes that decision? Because it's almost the same thing as hiring a rep, well, right? The, yeah, the first thing is I did, I said send a nude. To uh, nude? Oh yeah, yeah, send yeah. yeah. You gotta see yeah, what right? There's a lot of things, you know. It's so, important, it's important. Well, you know, it's funny, when I, when I built the sales force over at CAO, everybody said, you good luck, you know. Um, you're gonna get all these retreads and these old hags and like look at the guys I hired. Look where they are today. Mm -hmm. What they're doing in the industry. Miguel showed out Brian McGee, Barry Bennett, who now is with the legacy company in general. Yeah. Um, Ed Trevino and there's a lot of other people. You hired there. McGee? Yeah, I hired, oh, no I hired all, all those guys. So, and, cool. but those are guys that. <laughs> The reason I hired them was because I got the fucking job before they did. Well, especially Brian and Miguel. I, you know, Miguel was awesome. He was just uh, super. It was just loved CAO and all that. 
It was actually, I didn't find Chanel, I hired Tim actually found Miguel. Just a wonderful guy and what he, his today and his ethics and what he does and as a family man, it's just, just amazing to see. Um, so I'm just, with the brokerage, the brokers are a little bit different. You know, it's a different animal than having somebody direct. So they have another, they have a book of business and you want to complement their book of business. So, you know, different kind of style, kind of imaging, uh, flavor profiles, for, for the most part we are with most of the brokers. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is price point differences, especially in a lot large, larger concentrated markets. Um, it's a little tough because, you know, we play in the $10 range and a lot of my brokers have $10 cigars, so. But other than that, take that aside, I think that's the least important. And obviously the personality and their enthusiasm to work and the hunger. Well, because yeah. as, as a broker, um, the, I'm going to use the term hustle, but the hustle of the product is them on their own. Correct. Right. For the most, for the most they part, want to be, you, they need to be a business owner. Yeah, you will, you will back them up, obviously. Right. But uh, for probably ninety percent of the time, it's you're taking the product as the broker. You have to move it. You're acting as an acolyte of the company. This is right. you moving this product. That's so a little different than a rep, right? Yeah, it's a lot because reps are hyper focus on on the, the company. Yeah. So you know, one gets a ten ninety nine, and one gets a W two. So okay. there's a little bit of a difference there. Also, you know, from a broker standpoint, you got to know where you fall into that portfolio. Simply because, you know, at that point, your broker is almost like a retailer in the sense that you have to respect their business model, what they do, because what they have is not every. You're not the lead in every sales call. They have other things, and they might not even mention your cigar in there because they're already. They don't want to uh, take up something they already have momentum with that's been promised to put on the shelf. Because you just, in a lot of cases, you don't get on the shelf right away. And some of us like, hey, come back, especially when you're making sales calls about with a new product in January or February. And in a lot of states, it's a difficult thing. They're not going to bring in new products until March and April. We had a, we had a couple of sales calls that we feel very confident that we're going to get into. But I understand, like, he's going, well, we're going to bring it in April. We'll see, you know, I, I believe it. It's going to happen, but it doesn't always happen that way. Right. Taste of the PO, it doesn't. But but uh, yeah, and, you know, until we get the invoice, but. That's it. So they they have to they got to be hungry. You know they want to have to get up. You know be running like a zell. You know if you don't if you're not running you're gonna get eaten. So you wake up. You, you go to bed running and you wake up running. So you look for an enthusiasm for business as well. So to me that's the most important and a passion for the business. I think that's that's the important thing. And hopefully you find the right because it is a marriage. It's a relationship. Nobody wants to unwind anything. Right. You know so that's it's difficult. It's a hard thing to do. And, and when you're growing a company, it's not something that's healthier or, or for either side. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, Tommy, talk about so three one four and how how did you? Um, what was your draw to All Saints? So when I knew I was going to TPE, I actually did some research. He's a pagan. <laughs> yes, I am. I am, and that's okay. You're in good company. You're in great uh, company. <laughs> but my partner says he's a recovering Catholic. So that's <laughs> a Catholic. <laughs> I did some research on who was going to be there, and I think you and I had a conversation six months ago about I wanted to expand my brokerage mm -hmm. because my time in my regular day job is now coming to an end, which is a great thing. Yeah. And I lined out the five companies that I was going to give the most of my time to. His was number one, and I made that a very apparent proposition because I stayed 
talking. In my booth the whole so weekend. He uh, oh, <laughs> I was in and out of the booth constantly because I wanted to. I want them to see my face because I did my research and you know Corey. Yeah. He's not sure if he remembers Corey or not, but Corey. And You're I, not supposed to tell people. That's okay. No, it's, you're a good company. It's Corey okay. and I had a conversation. Corey was like, dude, this is where you need to go. Because he knew who Mickey was, what his history was. And he's like, that is somewhere that you can put your feet down and it's going to blow up. It is just destined to be massive. The other ones that I brought on board, in all honesty, I only got two out of the five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that's you hit, fine. You hit one here. I hit a home run. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. Uh, I also grabbed Hiram and Solomon while I was there, which was on my list of five because of my, believe it or not, because of my dad. He was a Shriner yeah. and well, so was I, but I did it for him. Yeah, that's great answer. I'll answer that uh, Picked up Blanco, as you know. Um, and it was a great show for me. It really was. Okay. I mean, Things have just been amazing. So for the same same kind of question that I asked Mickey when he's looking for in a broker and he explained, you know, that that size portfolio, as you wanting to take on new book of business, what are you looking for in that same aspect? So for me it was I was looking at all smaller companies. I love boutique cigars. The legacy brands are what they are. And I have no disrespect for anybody that's a legacy shop, a legacy retailer, uh, rep, whatever. But it's not my model. My model was stay boutique, find the smaller manufacturers that are making traction and are making waves in the industry. And that's what I did. Uh, I didn't really have a game plan. It was, I'm just going to go talk to these people. I'm going to be who I am. And if you like me, cool. <coughs> if you don't like me, I'll, you know, I'll move on. Well, Steve still likes me after I get on, get on a plane on Friday morning. <laughs> Is there a, a higher reliance by boutique friends to use a broker rather than a, a rep? The smart ones. Well, reps, it, it, it's impossible <coughs> to, to have reps uh, in the infancy. Because so. I was thinking that... Even Davidoff that came to the market with a, a shite load of money. Uh, when they came to market, they still had brokers. Okay, it just seems like that's a bit better business model with 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 a, well, it's a cash flow. Well, business model, it's a cash flow model. Yeah, and and I, I think yeah. like just from the like retail side, the thing with brokers is it is a great idea if you have a great broker, like someone that takes their. She's outside. Right. Someone that takes their business the way that you said it and pushes it forward and wants to work inside there. We all know. A bunch of brokers that they don't, you know, they're 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 pushing business as a phone call. Well, yeah, I have other you brand know. owners that are friends, and they're like, "You got brokers? Good luck." Yeah. You know, but also it's um, you got to be out there hustling. You got to be out there. You got to be visible. Yeah. If you're not visible, you're you're not relative. So it's uh, I try to be as visible as much as I possibly can in all the right places. So it's it's a constant juggle. Yeah. You know? So it's um, and it's uh, busy. Like I, I'm. I think I'm on my 14th or 15th day. Uh, uh, yeah, you're supposed to go home all over the Friday day. night. Now I'm not going home until Saturday, possibly not Sunday, but then <laughs> on Monday. And then I fly out and I'm with Garrett Robinson in uh, Michigan and Ohio next week. Yeah. And yeah. I, I got to look at my calendar to, you know, 
tell you where I'm at after that. <laughs> and then I have some time um, going and taking the family down to Florida. Uh, we'll be down there for a good amount of time, but I'm going to be doing sales calls during the day. So. <laughs> On one other side note, for me, I wanted to keep my brokerage smaller. I know brokers out there that have 8, 10, 12 cigar lines that they're trying to do business <coughs> We had a discussion coming back from the city this morning about it almost <coughs> feels like you are an in-house rep for your lines. And that's, the, that's the, the theory I take behind this is I don't want a cigar that I can't stand behind and talk about with complete joy and passion. If I can't do that, then I shouldn't be representing or brokering that company. I think that that's awesome, hundred percent. So, yeah. you know, which which I'm sure there are a few or a lot out there. You know, I don't know the rep to broker ratio in the industry, but there's probably more that will just take on what's given to them because they look at it as a yeah. cash flow option versus actually being involved in the product itself and believing in it and all that. True, yeah, drunk rep. They're they're great. They're you know, uh, they're expensive. I mean, I built, I was part of two sales forces. Yeah. I built that way. Um, and I think there has to be good communication too. So, uh, Tom was like, Becky, you communicate really well. I'm like, I communicate really well the week I'm getting ready to work with you and the week afterwards. <laughs> I, I go, I might be a little bit slower after that, but I hopefully, uh, I, I get back to you unless there's a sense of urgency within the next, you know, within 12 to 24 hours. Because, you know, when you're a small business, you can't let shit build up. Right. It's easy stuff that you can fix, but let it build up. It's just... That, small problems become big. And even if they don't become bigger, that's more stuff you got to do that's taken away from the time that what, you're, what you should be working on to actually grow the business. So. Right. Well, it occurs to me, I was just thinking about this totally different industry and different different, different model, but but I think that, that, that you would have enjoyed your time if you could have been a broker when you were selling whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that probably probably would have been because I'd have my choice and worked with not trying to sell the unnamed thing with no proper. You, you when you don't have a, a, a step one, you don't have a base. Right. You can't build anything without a base, right? If you start trying to sell the third or fourth tier of a building, yeah, you gotta have a foundation, uh, right? There's there's nothing there for you. So we're smoking through uh, these cigars. We're all about halfway, I think. Um, Cowboy, you just poured the JTS Brown. Yes. Tell about the whiskey. Uh, I like it better than, and, and I think this has happened before. Um, it's a step up from uh, Dan. It's got, it actually mimics the cigar a little bit. I think there's a lot of pepper forward in this uh, bourbon and um, it's peppery and spicier than the other one. And it's still sweet. It's still Heaven Hill juice, but I think it's a step above the uh, damp. Um, yeah. And they're both at 100 proof. Oh, Heaven Hill, both bibs. And um, this one's from Heaven Hill, of course, too. And, um, but yeah, it's just got a lot of, uh, it's got all the, the good stuff you want. And uh, I think this bottle, I think I bought this for 16 bucks over in Illinois at, um, oh, I'll think of it in a minute. But a little small place over there. Place in Collinsville? Yeah, is it Dean's? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it's like I get fright, frightening right when the word comes out. I'm like, oh, is that right? Yeah, okay. Uh, Dean's, yeah. So anyway, 
But he had he had brought a boatload of this in, and I hadn't seen it around lately. But I have seen bottles of this back in St. Louis now. The 80 proof was here in St. Louis, but now the 100 proof is around. And I think it's a fantastic bottle for 20 bucks. We always try on the podcast. We have some big unicorns, some stuff right. that's really hard to find. But then for the guys who are listening in, you know, they don't have the jack or the time to go around, and we can get them into a bottle for 20 bucks that they're going to enjoy for two, three days with some guys right. and get them into a good cigar without having to go spend $100 on a bottle anymore. Right. Is, uh, so that's kind of why we try to do that and get that out on our show. So we're covering all the bases. Everything's been delicious so far. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited if you haven't had, this is something that, was it you or Mark that found the early times? Me. You yeah. found the early times. Um, that early times is um, something Never too early. Some of them, it's okay. Well, I've, I've had early times in my collection because, uh, and don't quote me on this, but don't I think it's one it. of the earliest um, spirits out there, and I've tasted it, and it was shitty as hell. And then, uh, but the bottle it was, was one of my cool, go-to's right? in college. <laughs> well, hey, Old Crow, you know, try Old Crow's. Yeah, I mean, I've had some rot gut shit, but then <laughs> I had this one day down in Kentucky, and I was like, oh my God. Fantastic, and so yeah, they. I mean, that bottle right now in Kentucky, I'm probably around twenty-five dollars, and I think that's a bigger size. That's probably a liter uh, compared. Yeah, to oh yeah, that's that's a big boy for sure. Yeah, so twenty-five dollars for a bottle of that. The label's beautiful. It's really funny. There was another one I was bringing from Dickel was supposedly the bourbon of the year, a 13-year uh, bottle and bond. Now, is that is that a bourbon or is that because it's Tennessee, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's down the street from Jack. I used to drive by it all the time. And the we're not time. big Tennessee boys. Really don't care for it. Although, I will say there's an exception. The, um, um, what am I thinking? We did something with them, and I was, I've was i been wanting their 100 proof. We we did it. We did uh, the podcast with them up there at uh, Montres. Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That stuff is fantastic. Yeah, I, well, I was doing a lot of those. Like, I have some friends in Uncle Nearest uh, back east, and then they had a bottle issue. And so it was, I was doing a lot of pairing. So, Bon, if you're listening, what's up, dude? Uh, it's a good buddy of mine that uh, represents Uncle Nearest down, back down in D.C. And then. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great story too. So we've gone through two or three bottles of both of them, and then there was a hundred proof that they had down at um, at Stanley's. Yep. And I think I drank I think that's the first one that went right. Yeah. They, they yeah, had shortage on both of them. They're at the STL Bourbon Society uh, Bourbon Night uh, earlier. Or was it late last like, Was um, fall last year? Lavar was there. Lavar was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, and they're and they're, they're such cool guys, man. You walk up to them and they're always thankful, always super nice. Well, the and super got some real good juice, man. It's the solid. super unique thing about St. Louis is a lot of the nearest family is still active here in St. Louis. And oh, okay. it's of the family. So, um, well, uh, she's the first. Uh, African American woman distiller, master distiller, mm-hmm. master distiller. Yeah. Master distiller. She's the granddaughter, great granddaughter, uh, uncle, yeah, of yeah. uncle, yeah. So there's a uh, so when Lavar was here last, he had a little meetup at Stanley's um, with like the seventh and eighth generation, yeah. or not that's too far, fifth and sixth generation maybe. Old the folks. great great 
grandchildren, great, great, great grandkids of oh my yours. God, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had a, we had one on the show. Yeah, we going to be on yeah. the show. Was he, did. On the show yeah. he didn't yeah. show, and I'm like, mm, maybe he was, he was older. Me a tale. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, Mickey, we got a question for you here. Yeah. Um, locations in North Carolina where you can grab All Saints. All Saints, uh, any of the tinder boxes in Charlotte, uh, Phil's Havana Room in Greensboro. I'm going to get somebody, nice. I'm going to get my nuts kicked in. Um, oh, Burners, which is north of Charlotte. Josh, I'm sorry, your city is blanking me right now. Uh, he's a firefighter too that owns a, is that, owns a shop. Is that, is uh, that, so I want to say it's close to Lake Norman. Okay. It's north. It's, I, I should, you know what, let me look that up. Like, um, <laughs> And in South Carolina, we're in Low Country. We're in um, we're down in Kiowa. As far as on my back, Maybank. Um, yeah. So we're yeah. He's in Winston Salem. Who? Josh? No. Uh, oh, Winston Salem. So he'll be yeah. close to Josh, or maybe Greensboro. Is it? One's a triangle. Got a triangle. They got a triad. I always get mixed yeah. up. So uh, Josh. And I'm doing a run through there soon, so keep looking on uh, Instagram, and you'll see the next time I'm down there. Uh, Burners is in Huntersville, North Carolina, and we're at B&B in Asheville. What a great little store! That's an awesome store. They were making it in Asheville, and they got a great little, they got that little kind of hippie culture up there, and they got. I think there's a bourbon up there that people are talking about, and they got all these. Beers and stuff too. So about that way. Asheville is what? Uh, what schools up there? Asheville, uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, there could be one there, but I know they call it the Paris of the South. Uh, you got the Vanderbilt thing there. You got, uh, Land Rover, Range Rover has one of their driving schools there. Oh, yeah. Maybe don't have what is that Mount Range? Mm-hmm. The Carolinas, all smo- the Smoking Mountains, no, no. Appalachian Mountains, App State, App State's in Asheville. Are they in Asheville? Yeah, yeah. My cousin. Does that work it out? It's <laughs> actually my godson. is also like a nephew to me. He played for Western Carolina. Oh, okay. He played linebacker. Actually, my family has not my. They, we have a cabin up in that area too. The Catamounts, I think they're called. Hmm. Tommy, so how has uh, the trip been? With Mickey, you guys were at Lockwood last night. Yeah. yeah. Where else did you hit up in? Uh, are you in Ash? All right, we went to we did a small event at Ash, and we were also at Beeble Sportsman. Okay. Which, which was a blast. We got Kurt's an old dear friend, and one of, the, and again, you know, uh, and I said, hey, you know, what about the cigar festival? Because we talked about it last year when we were growing. I saw him on a Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival, and he <laughs> said, yeah. So come on down. So we'll be there September 9th and 10th. Yep. So the actual big event, I think VIP start on the 9th of Friday, and then the big uh, upstairs tented is starts uh, on Saturday. So we're we're excited to be a part of that. So you know to be out here and have that kind of presence. I think it's going to be a false multiplier for this kind of corridor. Yeah. Uh, was this is this I seventy? I guess the yeah, yeah I seventy and forty four. Yeah. No, it's forty four. Forty four. Forty four. Yeah, so we're excited for that. And Kurt's just an amazing guy. He has a beautiful shop. And I hadn't been there in a while. I've seen Kurt in other places, but it was up. The shop is still as beautiful as it ever was. But now he's got a little smoking lounge that's right off the the side of it now. So, and where is that located? That's in uh, Country Club Plaza in Kansas City, which is a neat little area. Yep. 
almost looks like like a Fort Worth or something like that. I can't, you know, it's, it's like an area I've seen before. I haven't been there. Uh, it's neat. It's really worth. He's actually got two locations. Yes, no, uh, the central and then a southern shop. Yeah, southern Kansas. That's the only shop I've ever been to. So and then uh, met with Ben and, and Mike at uh, La Cotura, uh and that was great. And they seemed pretty anxious, and it looks like they're gonna bring us on in uh, nice. uh, in April. That's what they. Uh, so they're actually already posting my cigars on their yeah, Instagram yeah. on the story. So it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, Ben was posting a bunch of yes and What a neat yeah. place that was. Yeah, La Cotura is like a. Yeah, I mean that place is amazing. And yeah, he's got a lot of brands uh, I like in there too. Soifer, Soifer is a. Uh, he's a member there. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's a member there. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean they're really, really what? One of the biggest Roma craft, <laughs> craft shops in the United States? Yes. Uh, they in Missouri. They are they are the allocated Roma craft shop. Yeah. 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 So that's that's your that's your Black Irish. You can actually order Wonderlust through them. Yeah. Uh, that's all the craft. But I still think he makes some good, The people that carry that, I still think they have to get the Wonderlust to Germany. I don't know. I shouldn't be speaking on behalf. Of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So that's a name I wanted too, because one of us. Yeah, that was already gone. It was like uh, Boondock Saints. I wanted that. So oh yeah. And, uh, Black Label has that. Yeah. Uh, Boondock. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I was in. You know, they have a different kind of image of what they're doing, and it's funny. I was in there. I was with Vince Hill, I think, and when he was running B and B before he started Sons out next in Pennsylvania, and they had pretty much every facing that Black Label went. It's so, over in Agua, right? It's, yeah, and I went through and I just freaking, yeah, exactly. And I just went through and I'm like, that list is off my list. <laughs> Don't try to put that through trademark. Don't try to put that through trademark. Don't try to put that through trademark. Not going to work. Not going to work, yeah. <laughs> Not so, going to work. And their new shop, because they moved from their original shop in the Ooh. Wedge, and literally, Ooh. Locator. Oh yeah, the the They're whole just yeah. down the street. They have their own standalone building. They're in the um. What is that district called? What is that district called? The art district. The art district. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and the shop is phenomenal. It's it was an old automotive parts. I can't remember in particular, but the layout's killer. Kind of, I love it. The high ceilings, what they did, and then the upstairs. They got a neat little place so you can peel off and get a little quieter. Matter of fact. Yeah. They gave me a tour. One of the members was up there getting some work done. You know, nice, nice outdoor nice patio. Yeah. yeah, nice. I was yeah. up there a few months ago. And their humanoids are very well organized, very well fixed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was up there a couple months ago, and me and my wife were having such a good time on the way up there. I says, you know, just leave me alone. I want to get a bottle. She got me a bottle across the street and just dumped me there. <laughs> my son lives up there, and, and I just had enough of the chit chat with her. So I sat there with some vets for about two hours until my son and her came back down and I was amazed. Uh, we had a really good time with these vets and um, then they came in and some people came into our little area. You know, it's like a bunch of old couches and everything right. hanging out. And literally, man, they brought like cases of booze in and chips and food. Why was Skip there? <laughs> skip. Or, or, skip, or, skip, skip Martin, him and Mike Rodales on Anyway, just a, a great group of people. Bring your own stuff in there and smoke some cigars and have fun. It was fantastic. Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm going up there. We're actually going to be up there together, coincidentally. The uh, last week of April, we're going up for the weekend. I'm going to meet up with uh, Rusty. Um, going to go up to La Quintana, see Mike, see Ben. Want to tag along? <laughs> I've known so like my connection there is like so the joke with Ben and I is our beards that was the yes. back and forth over right. social for years 
and I've known Mike. Mike used to be my rep at Zycar. Right. What you know, based out against. Yeah. yeah. So like I've I've known him for we've known each other for fuck seven years. You know, six years, six years. So, uh, but it'll be cool to actually get up there and sit down. And well, play. the funny thing is, you say that is we went to uh, Tommy Young this week. You know, times I've been there, I've never been to this place. We went to Majestic. Yeah. And then we got one of Yeah. And Keenan was bartending and he was like a mini me event. Another ginger with the long beard yeah. and all that stuff. Keenan Keenan is the um, So there's a bunch of doppelgangers here on I seventy everywhere I go. Yeah. I always go there and get a steak and then head up. I, I didn't do the jazz thing. We're doing we're doing mom's birthday dinner there, that's on the Yeah, that yeah. place is great and then go upstairs. Their humidors die. At least when I was there, they didn't have much in the humidor, but it, it was a fun place to go up and smoke. It looks like it was just more to, for the members, because I know yeah. a lot of boxes with their names on it, and they just had enough to... <clears throat> and that, that's like, yeah, for that place, that it was good. So, and then I absolutely love the place uh, across the road there, down by the river, by the market, that uh, country club place. I mean, it's amazing. Right. It's a little eatery, old cowboys, old school in there, and they got a hell of a bourbon collection in there. Oh, fantastic. It's something country club. I can't think of the first name of it, but. I was texting my cousin. I have cousins everywhere. And he married a girl from KC because he spent some time there growing up. And I said to him, you know, I told him where I was, and he started laughing. He said, go to the Phoenix Jazz Club. We never made it over there. So, mostly, I guess my next trip up there, I got to hit the Phoenix Jazz Club. Oh, you guys probably know better than me. Well, then Rieger's, you know, moved, and they're down by Knuckles in the old rail district down in there. Right. And uh, Rieger's has a place down in the basement called the, I probably got it wrong, the Hee Haw Club or the Hey Hey Club. And it is absolutely fabulous. Hmm. I mean, it is a gorgeous place, really neat. But it's like enjoying, like, some really high-class old school, like a right. speakeasy, and then go crawl across the track to Knuckles. And it's like, you know, drink beer out it's of a hand. whole different world <laughs> over there. But great music in Knuckles, man, if you're ever in town. And you can smoke a cigar out in there in their makeshift. It's almost like something out of Sturgis. Mm-hmm. Have you been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got that one area out there. It's like all open. they got some trains and shit. Yep. And you can smoke out there and listen to great music all day. It's fantastic. All right, guys, so we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, the squirting German's got to take out here, so we're going to let him say goodbye and uh, mingle for a second, and then we'll be back for some uh, fun-filled questions I got lined up for both Tommy and Nick. This will be fun. Oh, wow. So you guys hang out. We'll be back just shortly. Again, so you know. So we're on iTunes and Amazon are the biggest pools. Yeah. Um, Spotify runs then, and SoundCloud pushes out to Buzzer, Buzzwire, something right. not STO, something not, I don't fucking know, something. It right. goes everywhere. Right. Um, we get, we'll get emails, you know, once or twice a week. Um, when we started the podcast, you know, we were very, uh, we were very in agreement and very steady fast on. I was like, look, this is not going to be scripted. You know, it's, uh, we're probably not gonna have the best sound quality when we start. I don't edit anything. Um, so right, if we go, we go. Bye, buddy. See you, buddy. If we go, we go, you know. Um, only thing we ever have planned is the location. And then nine times out of 10, I bundle up the cigars. He brings the bottles. We land where we land and we go. That's awesome. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. So our active downloads, Per episode are sitting around nine thousand. 
um, and then we get roughly between twenty-five to three thousand playbacks. You know, which is cool. Um, uh, it doesn't monetize until you hit a hundred, so doesn't really matter. Right. But uh, it's it's still fun that. Um, like our kind of thought process was, look, there's bourbon review podcasts, there's cigar review podcasts, right. you know, where you spend the entire time just focused on the tobacco, right? Or just focused on the liquid Those itself. Those are crazy, by the way. They're not fun, right? Like in here, if you it wanted to- for me, I can geek out, but it's not fun for Well, one, one, right? One, one would be fun, right? We've had multiple requests. It's like, hey, can you just do a podcast where it's just the cigar and just the bourbon? I'm like, yeah, but that podcast would be about, you know, 40 minutes long, you know, because we're going to cut it down. There's going to be there's gonna be a lot of dead space just going between the length of the cigar, the pour, how many pours you have, how it's going to change between either uncorking the bottle or if you already had it open for a while, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we, we stayed away from that. And we've just been having been having fun this way. It's... It's been it's been good, man. And that's all it is. It's fun. It's uh, honestly our, our weekly excuse to get together and screw up. I love it. Yeah. So what are you what are you most excited to do or this year coming up for All Saints? Well, I think the most exciting thing right now is just you know being able to have the opportunity to talk about the brand, talk about us, where we're you know, and um, you know we have four lines of market right now, so. Relatively, very quickly, you know, all three of the first, the first three of the four lines have all been recognized one way or another. The, the fourth one really just launched, so the Habano. Mm-hmm. So it's just getting out there and, and telling a story where people, you know, I look at it as I have friends out there and friends that I haven't met yet. So I get, there's a lot of friends that I haven't met yet. So it's getting out there and you know, obviously getting on the shelf. And I talk about this all the time is, Getting on the shelf is not as easy. It's not as easy as a lot of people think it is. But once, but it is the easiest part of the process. So once you're on the shelf, you got to maintain that shelf space. You got to get the turns. So you become relevant. You become a stable, a horse in the you know in the consumer stable as well as the, the stable of the retail. So that's a, that's a lot to keep us busy right now. Uh, there's a lot of places right now that uh, <laughs> that I'm not in. You know that I know I can get in. This friends are, they'll tell me as soon as you walk through the door. So we got four lines of market, and uh, there's people that don't even carry, or even heard, or even heard the story of All Saints, or know uh, the dedication, and uh, in the St. Francis, our first two lines that came out. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do. There's a perception when I'm talking to people that they think we're everywhere. And I'm like, thank you for that. That's that's very sweet. But there's a lot of runway left. There's a lot more places to go. That's really cool. It's got it's got to feel it's got to feel good as a business owner that when you're talking to people and they say that statement, oh, yeah. you're everywhere. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. It's, it's it's okay. Well, obviously you, you've heard of it. You've heard heard of me. Well, I heard, not not me. Right. Not meaning you individually, but like you've heard of the company. You know who this company is and what we're doing. Right. And I think yeah. And I think All Saints is starting to sell the cigar and not Mickey Peck, which in my core, where I grew up in the in this industry, of course, there's a lot of friends and Mickey, Mickey. You know, they're very gracious, to Mickey, but. You know, I'm getting phone calls from now from retailers that I've identified that I wanted to be with, and they, they're calling me, and, and they're like, uh, you know, I answer the phone, I go, hi, this is Mickey Peck with All Saints, and they're like, great, what are you, the rep? And I go, no. <laughs> I don't even tell me any different. I'm like, I love that. Like, it's not disparaging at all. That means that All Saints is selling the cigar. And that's that, awesome. And that's what we want, you know. I just happen to be a, a part of the process, me and Frank, of what we do. You know, Frank is mostly back at the house. 
Uh, that that he, was gonna be my next question. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, yeah, kind of relationship. Yeah, but yeah, he's more back in the house and it's funny, um, on a scar and throw the SMR, you the bean counter, he goes, Well, I'm I'm counting more tobacco than I hate beans <laughs> right now. So uh, but he's got a hell of a personality, he's a smart cat and just, just awesome to work with. That's really cool to hear that. I've been on phone four times today already. About when, when you took a phone yeah. call and it danced that way. So we had our cigar had only been out about a year. Um, and we did our two-year anniversary of the podcast, right? We've been active for two years. Uh, Lit Cigar Lounge has been our, our locker sponsor from the get-go. Brian and right. Dana hooked us up with a, lawn, a locker podcast there multiple times a year. Were they up in uh, New York celebrating a birthday or something? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, little uh, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Andrew's uh, 21 today. Wow, I didn't know that. Happy birthday, Andrew. Right. Yeah. So he's, I've got a bunch of videos on my phone I haven't looked at yet. He sent me videos of all the shops he's at. Yeah, we're shopping. It's all right. We shop, and uh, but no, it was really cool. So I'm gonna go over to Harry's Havana Hut. Talk to Harry. He goes, "Yeah, baby." Tell him what's up. Hey, go down to Harry's Havana Hut. Uh, he's in Bayside, Queens. Call him up. It's not too far outside the city or wherever you're staying in Manhattan. Say hi to Harry, and he always goes, "Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Great guy. Old dear friend. The Armenian assassin. I love him." <laughs> So we we had uh, we had our got, first event. He's got some unicorns in there too, by the way. Oh, there he does. Great, yeah. thanks. There goes my fucking wallet. Um, we had the our first event, miles. and even though that that we 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 retail at lit, we're just in St. Louis. That's with the exception of the tobacco being rolled and grown. Everything else happens here. We label, we package, we distribute, we invoice. Everything. Right. It's all us. Um, so for about eight nine months, had been retailing at lit and around around the state and. You know, I wanted to be sure even working there, I don't, I don't promote my stuff over anybody else's, right? right. If, it's, if it's asked about it, if I'm there or he's there, we'll explain it. But it's not it's not ever the first, like, hey, you just need to go here, right? Right. Everyone else in the humidor. So there were a few people at the event that knew who we were, they'd been around, they knew we owned it. And when we had our cigar event, it was really unique to see people that came in. For as minute and small as we are in the industry, the people that were asking the both of us, what are you doing behind the table? Like who who owns who's company? Like, well, it's, it's ours. Like this is our stuff, and these people we see every day. You know, we've seen for it, it was really it was, back there. It was really cool to see that. You know, as a small growing thing, you know, it was right. a lot of fun. And that's what that's what I kind of took by you when you answered the phone, making Peg, who are you, the rep? Yeah, I think that's a cool thing. Well, to, they're like, are you, are you the like, rep? Are you the rep? My hair? I've never heard of you. I'm like, perfect. Uh, how many boxes do you? <laughs> <laughs> And yes, I so I've got three of each blend in size now. Does that sound right? Yes. What's up? I have three of each blend in size now. Is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. So what is uh on your side personally, and then Tommy, I want to ask you with what you've been moving since you've been with All Saints. What is your most popular blend, and what size, and then what's your favorite? All right. So popular is a little tough because we're a young company. So I will tell you that the the most talked about right now is the St. Francis. The one with the most trajectory right now is the Colorado. Okay. The one that's it's still chugging along two years later is our dedication. So they've all won awards, they've all won stuff. So I, that's in, you know, the new. The Habano, almost no chatter on it right now, simply because it just started shipping. So you have that, 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 it could still, that, a year later, it could also possibly no chatter, but hopefully not. So that's where we're at right now. Um, my favorite is I got some who my favorite kid is. Um, 
I do like I'm you guys are smoking the St. Francis, I'm smoking the dedication. The only reason I'm doing that is because we don't have it. <laughs> so we're right now we're uh any of the brokers are listening to the retailers, sorry, uh, we're getting this news out to you. But we are back ordered on three SKUs, the St. Francis Toro, the Colorado Toro, and the Colorado Huge, but in 45 days we'll have them back in. So okay, we're cool. not too we're not too far behind right now. I say 45 days, it could be less. It's uh, the container. It's on the next container, and that's either the container is left or it hasn't left, so it shouldn't be more than 45 days with the buffer clearing customs. So, uh, and then we got another container that we're ready to fill. We're just waiting on some packaging to get that done, but we should have that done by the time we say we should. So, uh, from a supply chain issue, yeah, we're, we're fine. All our boxes are made in um, in Nicaragua, so there's not a box is, shortage, uh, but there's not a box surplus. Is if this can be disclosed, I don't, you know, I don't know box makers, right? Um, probably the most underappreciated form of the business yeah. <laughs> is box makers. Um, everyone's falling in love with rollers and bunchers and everything now, right? But so who does the box in Nicaragua? So is there, is my, I guess my question is: there one? Company or there are multiple places. Well, that are I doing. actually use two. If you go back to my timeline and see when I was down, I tried to um, document as much as that last trip because my my mom, my family, my friends are like, you know, you go to Nicaragua all the time. What's it like? And I hadn't been down for two years, so props that. So I kind of I kind of documented much. You can see a little bit of the boxing process. Uh, yeah. So the one box factory that I use. Um, yeah, Rocky owns part of, so it's almost like we're fake linear or fake integrated in a sense. And then the box, the other box uh, maker I use uh, is called 505. It's an area code 505 Creative or something like that. So okay. He's a good friend of mine from the old days, so I use him as backup. And then um, you know our bands are some of them are made in the United States, and then we're should start production down in Nicaragua soon too. Okay. Cool. So, so when it comes to materials like this, is we, we diversify our supply chain because we're not in a hurry to get in with another partner in Nicaragua or Central America. Period. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty transparent. Okay. Cool. Uh, Austin asks, "What's your favorite tobacco to work with?" Uh, that's easy. That's uh, Jalapa. He made even though Condega is the, the tobacco that's winning all the awards for us. But I love Jalapa. Um, it has, uh, I like that tobacco sweet that comes out of Jalapa. And that's what you find in a dedication wrapped in, beautifully wrapped in that nice San Andres wrapper. And, um, you know, that sweetness, I think it just matches up with bourbons and rums extremely well. Yeah. And I think, um, I might have talked about that earlier, but yeah, Jalapa. So, and Jalapa, what you're gonna see now, what you're gonna hear shortly, for the guys that really kind of geek out on tobacco, because a lot of us won't give you the whole recipe, but we'll tell you kind of something's in it, something you probably taste, is you're gonna see sublots and lots of, well, lots as in location. Yep, yeah. Uh, and Jalapa, because Jalapa's getting some of its own little micro distinct uh, flavor profiles. Really, okay. So, and that's just, that's just where this hyper geekdom is going, so, which is great. You're gonna find that in Condega. And I think one of the most interesting things to look out for, um, I don't let you ask any questions, do I? Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Who did ask the question? Uh, you, well, I'm not talking about my favorite tobacco anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's wrapper. 
So look at the next year or so, look at the rapper that's Okay, so I want, since you brought up rapper, are we are we looking to be a little worried about Nicaragua on rapper over the next couple of years? Uh, because of the, sto- the storms they, they, they in 1819? No, so you're worried about tobacco, you're not worried about rapper. They're, yeah, still, well, tra- they're still trying to develop rapper down there. That, okay, so that's so, the so, second part of my question. The rumors of rapper that are supposed to be developing out of Jalapa, Condega, and Omitep, right? Yeah, Omitepe, yeah. So they think they've got it. So okay. when I hear the rumor I had, and I know AJ or Adele, yeah. uh, I didn't hear from him, but I heard that like, he nailed it. Rocky mm-hmm. told me. Rumors he, coming from, yeah. Yeah, Rocky told me, <laughs> he nailed it. Uh, Rocky didn't tell me that. I heard, you know, when I was down there last, Rocky nailed it. And then, Would you look at this as the same type Omar of- Omar Ortiz Jr. has a really neat rapper that he's okay. on right now. Would, I, I got to see. Would you look at this the same guy, he's got it, as when Carlito did the broad lift? Uh, it's going to have the same impact on the industry, but it, you know, he was the first one to really do Take a, a, a pure rapper yeah. that, that had some kind of character to it. So, I mean, you know, Carlito will always be first in the market with that. Um, yeah, it's going to have a huge impact on it. And it's also, it's going to be interesting. Like, I'm personally not even trying to work with any Nicaraguan rapper right now, nor if I wanted to, give me, nobody can sell me any anyway. So, um, <laughs> You know, I use a lot of Ecuadorian and a lot of Mexican with my rappers. So. Okay, yeah. Use a lot of primarily San Andreas? Which I sound uh, no, only, only on one line now, but I'm experimenting with some other stuff. And, so where's the, the Oscuro? The, the Oscuro is actually Ecuadorian. Ecuadorian? Yeah, so it's a different process. And the uh, Colorado? The Colorado, the Banda Habano are basically the same, uh, same rapper. But on the Colorado, is I. Okay, I gave it the name of the cigar for the shade, because I always like the Colorado shade wrapper. Yeah. And then Habano is the seed that they use for Ecuador. So, but it's the same, so it's the same wrapper. Okay, cool, cool. But the insides are completely different. Binder filler, clear. Yeah, so the Colorado has the same recipe as the St. Francis, but different percentages and a little different architecture. The Habano has the same uh, recipe, different percentages, a little bit different architecture and different wrapper. But there, you should notice four distinctly. I would recommend if you have time and do it to anybody that's kind of doing what I'm doing. Some people call it lazy blending or somebody else. They, I think there are four distinct blends that I really enjoy uh, that have their own character, have their own personality. You can see some of the similarity is do a rail smoke. Get all four of them up and smoke them at the same time. Yeah, back, 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 back. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things we do when we're blending too, is like, we have, you know, different tobacco here, or even we'll get to the point where we know that's that's the one we're gonna use, then we'll do different percentages to see what, what the durability of it once it leaves our hands, because it's very important. That's why we're gonna start, we just announced, uh, we got a press release that we're working on right now, but we're gonna start, you're gonna start seeing Bovidas in all our, uh, all our packaging. Nice. Boxes so, in the boxes. Yeah, the boxes. They'll have the stickers on them and all that stuff. It's just basically because we want to make sure that we're getting that cigar to you in the optimal choice. Because there's a lot of mistakes that are made from the time they're they're shipped from our warehouse or the warehouse that we use in Naples to the time it gets into the consumer's hand. Okay. So there's a lot of user error, and at the, at the it unfortunately happens, and guess who gets blamed for it? We do. So we're trying well, to avoid yeah. it. We're, which is. When anybody that sells anything that is a, a natural product is going to have that kind of issue, so we're just trying to find give you give it more strength so that there's not a problem. So 
in your bunching technique, is this all done the same way? Uh, bunching on the uh, the dedication and the so, St. Francis are similar, and the bunching on the Colorado. Colorado, Colorado is different, similar, yeah. yeah. So basically, the St. Francis, that blend, and the other blend that I'm the, the, the final two blends was the Colorado with an Escuro wrapper, which I wanted. What's the percentages that are in the Colorado? My partner Frank wanted. The St. Francis. That's not why it's called St. Francis, so it gets better. <laughs> so I said, all right, and he had, we were going back and forth, swimming it down there, bringing it back, swimming it down there, and he, he goes, he was very adamant, he goes, this is, this is it. This is the blend. I said, all right, you put the same amount of commas into this business as I did, let's, let's, let's run with it. So we ran with it, and then we decided that we wanted to do the Colorado blend, because I always wanted to do a Colorado shade wrapped over a Nicaraguan cigar, but, okay. to do it. but he also went to the Air Force Academy. So it's another kind of play on that too, because he, he was one that decided on that blend, because he's a very astute, very talented. He, he's actively always trying to learn more and more about the blending process, but he's got an incredible palate. And so it's a great little story. How St. Francis came to be is when we started the company, we really thought we were going to be able to go with a lot of Saints names and then kind of use that scent within the personality of the cigar and create, and not create, but develop a, a storyline that kind of matched up with the characteristics of that scent and the characteristics of the cigar. So we were a little bit exhausted about that and we're coming up with other names. And I said to Frank, I said, Frank, uh, I didn't see St. Francis on that knockout list. This is after we decided that we're gonna use that blend. I said, I didn't see it on the knockout list. And basically the way you get it uh, from the attorney is he gives you a green light, yellow light, red light, which means how expensive it is to try to take that trademark to market. So um, we got St. Francis and went through it. I think we got the final process of it just recently. So that was it. So it was actually the cigar blend was decided on with the enthusiasm of Frank before we got the name. So it was a great play on it. It was fun. What do you smoke? Oh. I'm getting ready to smoke the Habano next. I'm doing the Habano next. Okay. Yeah, from a strength category, I kind of got you all over the place, but I don't know how long we're going to be here. I just definitely wanted to get that St. Francis in your hand. Oh, so I am I'm very, 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 very happy with this one. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, this is... Yeah, I thought it carried I, what we were Yeah, this, so I definitely want to get that in your hand. That, so. that is, that is, man, that's phenomenal. I'm not, I'm not arguing that cigar at all. Yeah, that, that's a phenomenal stick. Um, so, Tommy... What, oh, well, uh, Maggie, what's your, oh, you already went into that. Tommy, with the time that you've been with All Saints, so we're going for a couple months now, yeah? Yeah. Wait, two, three months? Is really, you, March 1st is when I started. That was my okay. start date. So you, you've been smoking through and you've been working with and moving around the product, right? Yes. What, um, what have you seen the trend to be so far? Like, what, is, what has been, I'm sure this St. Francis is. The trend that I'm seeing is all for them, and I'm not saying that to be ignorant, it's just every shop that I go into that they have brought them in, they're, it's across the board, everybody, I have not had a single person say, oh well, you know, that just really wasn't my power. Not once. Uh, Toro is what I'm finding to be the popular size, which, I, you know, yeah. okay, I, I don't hate, I don't, it's whatever people like to smoke. 
but it's truly across the board. Now on a personal level, the Colorado is just off the chart for me. I think it's number one in my book of smoking cigars right now. Okay. And you know, I... And we're getting a little bit of that right now too, so it's interesting. Sorry to jump in. No, you're all right. Uh, I smoke all over the board. You know, I I don't gravitate to heavier light. I'm whatever. Yeah, you're you're, like. you're pretty spectrum. Yeah. yeah, and I am too. But there's other people that are out there. It's great. It's like I know you guys. You, you you like everything, especially when you're talking about your bourbon and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Predominantly, predominantly when we smoke, it is it is much fuller. It is much heavier. Um, but then when it gets into, especially when you know we joke uh, all the time about whenever we do this, we're never just smoking. Right? Whenever we do the podcast, there's always a whiskey involved. It's about the pairing, talking about the two of them doing that. Um, but milder strength cigars that pack in a good amount of body where you have a dense smoke, a large right. flavor profile, those can be just as satisfying as, as having a full strength, full blowout cigar. And that's what you're going to find to me with the Colorado. Okay. I mean, it is a, a person that smokes full, heavy cigars will not be disappointed with the Colorado, period. I mean, it's got all the flavor in the world. It is just, it's my favorite cigar right now out of all the stuff I smoke. And I don't say it because Mickey's sitting here, it's where I'm at. Okay. I, you know, I tell everybody it's, out of even the four sitting here, it's my gravitational cigar. In the in these sizes, or have you smoked some of the other Vitolas that are available? I have smoked several sizes. Yeah, and they're all smoking great. I don't get you know sometimes when you smoke a, a robusto versus a sixty, because the sixties are usually a little more airy, it changes that flavor profile. Well, yeah, you use a, a longer bit of filler and a little more packing between the binder, etc. Right, it's going to go in. So that's really not a lot. It's really <laughs> that's a, that's a minor. The guy that still said that. Was, uh, you know when I do bourbon, uh, when I've gone to a, um, they do these lazy Susan things, and there'll be a bunch of bottles. I really try, especially when I've got some stuff up there I, I haven't seen or haven't had an opportunity to taste. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I just start taking quick little hits. Like I'll try that. And I'll take that, and I'll take that, and then all of a sudden, wham! There was a difference maker, right? All of a sudden, it's like sometimes you sit down, you, you you sip on one, and then you sip on one. I try to, and of course we've we've spent a day or two at Luciano. Holy shit! And <laughs> I, we've got like six, seven cigars going, and but I do think when you're just smoking them and smoking them, just like with the bourbon, all of a sudden. Because listen, when we, we talk about bourbons and uh, cigars on our podcast, it's like, what am I going to say different about this one, right? Is yeah. it, so for me, you know, when I start looking at something that I've tasted overnight, what, what out of those was memorable? What, what do I remember that kind of hit me a little different? And right off the bat, uh, is it the St. Francis, that's the first one we did? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that had a little something different that I, I, I'm not like bringing back on it. And I really enjoyed that. And it's the same kind of way with bourbon. You do all four of these, they're all, or whatever we do, they're all excellent. Then there's gonna be one that you, like that last one we did, this is early times now. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. 
doesn't have this as, as spicy, but it's still full body, got a lot of beautiful layered flavors in there. Right. It's just a little different, a little more. I'm still not JW, by the way. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Cheers. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I do. And it's hard sitting here every week trying to talk about these cigars. So you just, at some point, you just kind of, you know, you just kind of say, well, that one was pretty damn memorable. It was a little different. It was a unique flavor. And that's kind of when me and Mark were looking for our first cigar. We probably talked about it for four or five months. And then finally, we found one that we both agreed on. And it was fantastic. And then we even got more fortunate is when they were sent to us. And we smoked and we were like, holy shit, bro. They're even better than what we originally. And they keep getting better. And it was unique. Uh, and what we ended up, even Mark, there was some Pennsylvania La Hera in there. And well, we had never had that before. And it was really unique. Do you have any of our Cyclops? Here, Mark? Yes. Yep. I can go I'd like to give them to yep. a chance to try the Cyclops, and we have a hooligan out too. We've got two. Yeah. And we've done a Chulebra, and now we're looking at our Cyclops and doing a, a Lonsdale. Um, but man, it's just me and him trying to do our thing. We do everything, and it's been fun just doing a generic. We do this podcast, and you know, right. we're just trying to get everybody to know our cigars. Here in St. Louis, and then we'll just see kind of where we go um, with it. But yeah, that's kind of what I do. So, what's been? Uh, which bourbons have you had so far, maybe? I had a JW. I think I had the Brown after that, and then the Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. I love them all. The uh, JWs, just I'm still can't. So they old tub might might steal your whistle. Yeah, it really yeah. might. Try this one. Tommy, how about you? I tried everything but the early time so far. And you know me though. You know I I drink. You're a beer. Scotch guy. I'm a Scotch guy, but what? It, you were you were talking just a minute ago about you'll sample different bourbons and all of a sudden one will hit you. That happened with me. And what it was was Rock Hill Farms. I just good I, luck. Then you finally find one that you're like, yeah, what? Yeah, good luck. Right, and then yeah. now because when I first started buying it, it was like fifty nine dollars a bottle. Now, if you find it at under a hundred, you better buy everything you can get. Uh, if you find it for a hundred, that's right. I mean, the last time I saw it, it was it was like three fifty, and it was down at. Um, the House of Bourbon, Justin's House of Bourbon. Right, it's crazy now. Yeah, that's become such an allocated product now. It's well, that it's whole insane. mash bill did all of it because that there was five bottles that came off of that same mash bill. So it what? Was, what was the? Who was part of Rock Hill? Uh, I'll show you. One one of them had to do with with Weller. I don't think it was Rock Hill. Weller's. Rock Hill, there's uh, Elmer T. Lee. That was another. Yeah, I remember when I could get that so freaking easy. You get Elmer, Elmer T. for Lee. forty dollars a bottle six seven yeah. years ago. My sales guys used to bring that to me every Christmas. I'd have a poker party. I'd put five hundred bucks in the pot for the sales guys. It went, you know, Texas Hold'em, mm -hmm. and they'd always. That's the five that came off the same mash bill. 
So there's Elmer T. Oh, Blanton's. So it's Blanton's, Rock Hill, Elmer T, Ancient Age, Age. and Hancock, Single Barrel? Something like that. You ever seen Those that? were the five that, that came oh, off. Yeah. the back? Oh, yeah. Okay. I believe what it was called was Mash Bill Number 6. Okay. okay. That those came off of. Uh, and now every one of them are hard to get a hold of. Yeah. So... Uh, so I cheated. I skipped that Habano and I lit this uh, Pelicosa, this torpedo dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a, it, that in the St. Francis dude, too. It's a it's a different character. It's so like I retro I retro the first of everything right. I pull through. This got really dark, fruity in the nose. It's a little spunky. Started though, out really. It's spunky, yeah. There no, you go. That in that and the St. Francis, it's and this the, the size. I think it's the, I think it's the the way that the, you know the, the, the cone at the top mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, my like my youngest, she's fourteen six, or fifteen, and she's six one, and she's the spunky wise ass, you know, one going on fifty. And uh, so, have you guys visited Louisville? I'm assuming. And if you're a bourbon guy, I would assume if you've been to Louisville, you've been to the Haymarket. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So well, I it is no more. Yeah, so that, it was a long time ago. I can't wait to get back to that market. So uh, maybe probably my if I have the ability to travel with Tommy again, hopefully it'll be that more that kind of Louisville, Lexington, down to Nashville. You know, it's a, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's about the same distance from St. Louis as to Kansas City, really, from that kind of area. Yeah, for, um, yeah. Hopefully, it's my next. I got to get back to Nashville. Got a so Louisville is. I mean, there's just some great places to try bourbon, of course, yeah. and that. But when I do Louisville, I go, I tell across the river, and we do match. Right. And um, I can't think of the. Is it? I can't think of the. Is it Jeff? Who the owner is there? He had a. a he had something to do with the um, the Pappy Van Winkle uh, line of cigars that was put out. Yeah, I think he it. went through. Yeah. Uh, you talking about the ones at Drew Estates? At Drew Estates. Yeah. yeah, I think he helped the girls with that. But anyway, that's been a fantastic place when I go down there. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And um, and then in Nashville, uh, Casa Monte Cristo, and then we've never been to the oh, the Red Phone place. Words were in uh, Smokers Abbey. In, shit, in uh, Nashville right now? Yeah, broken. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and there's a couple other places I think I just need to get down there. So, good. There's, um, hopefully, I, I might be in Allison Place now. And there's other kind of, uh, the Casa de Monte Cristo. I'm in about eight of them. I'm not in the one in Nashville, so that's the whole thing. And plus, quite frankly, I'm in the one in Whippany. And I'm in the eight locations I'm in. Uh, I need to go see him. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully I'm still there and hopefully I get a chance to get back on the shelf. So well when you get out to Nashville, check out the red phone booth. It's a speakeasy. There's one there and one in Atlanta. You know what you know I think it was you know West Thornton with Crown Heads? Mm-hmm. Crazy West, I think he was talking about that place. Yeah, West, West they they've got the lockdown. They did the Wombosh exclusive there for CDM Nashville. Yeah. Oh and West does freaking red phone booth. Yeah. That's after you told me about it. Oh, That's really? why I told you I yeah, was talking about the spot we had to go it's to when so we're down there. I'd love to go there with you. Wes is a freaking lunatic. Well, the filtration system in that place. Because I take my wife, I drive in, but she drives oh, yeah. out. So she's my compartment. Well, I like, you know, I think we're talking about golf. I love the golf, and I live right off the fifth hole of Leonard Country Club. Nice. And that's, uh, 
It's actually one of my it's one of my best cigar accounts. It's actually Wind Indian, which lives I live a mile from Wind Indian. So if you're ever in the Philadelphia area, it's a great place to see those guys. You'd love those guys. Isn't um, that where um, our buddy? Isn't that where he's at? Um, Dan Wood. No, it's John. a cigar guy that you know we spent all three o'clock in the morning with. Uh, Lars? Lars. Yeah, Lars. Oh, Lars T. Yeah. Isn't he from Philadelphia? Hey, yeah, he's from, he's from Pennsylvania. Uh, he's not too funny. He's See, not, that's a funny statement about the state of Pennsylvania, okay? He goes, isn't he from Philly? No, he's from Pennsylvania. Yeah. He's not he, from Philadelphia, bro. He's from Pennsylvania. He, he's, he's just west of Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphians think I married a Philadelphia-ish girl. I mean, she's from Delco, and that's where I live, and I kind of claim, I do claim it. I'm originally from Daytona Beach, but people who live in Philadelphia thinks that Ohio starts at Harrisburg, you know, so um, it's really, it's, it's just like a little chasm, you know, it's this chasm and somehow, you know, Pittsburgh's like this one Pennsylvania city that's surrounded by Ohio and Ohio goes up to Harrisburg. But, you know, what I was talking about is the men's grill from my house, from my front door is a 12 minute walk to walk up to the men's grill. It is a 45 minute walk home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you head to the ninth. Yeah. Visit the thirteenth. Yeah. Make it back to the fifth. You and know, the back you, door. And it's like it's like military golf. Left, right. Yeah. Left, right. <laughs> Should have stayed home with your left, your right. Your mama was home with your left, your right. Well, obviously you're familiar with Lars. Yeah. 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 So Lars and me go way back. Got a hold of well, way back. I'm talking two, maybe nineteen ninety. Eight, ninety-nine into the yeah. 2000s. That's about when he got into business, or even earlier than that. Well, that's when he got all that good tobacco from, I guess, Cuba or whatever, and he was putting out the Bassmaster and all these cigars. Right. And, and just was such a character, and uh, we got to spend a night with him. And I'm telling you, it was, we stayed up till three in the morning with yeah. him, and it was story after story after story. He's done some wild shit. And no, the, the funniest. Point, go ahead. No. The thing about it, the thing about it, right? He's telling these stories. They're just wild. The one that sticks out in my mind is he's telling me he's dating Liv Tyler, right? He taught Steven Tyler how to play the the riff in um, a Pink, that riffy yeah. rips in the yeah. third course. And he goes, and then uh, we he's were, always had a really young girl. So I yeah, and, and we're like, we were in. Oh, yeah. He goes, we were in England and. He was doing a show and I was making bourbon marmalade for the queen. And I went, okay, um, um, no. Shut the, picks one of his seven phones up, scrolls, scrolls, yeah. scrolls. It's a picture of a Polaroid of him, Liv Tyler, Steven Tyler, and the fucking queen of England holding a cake. Everything he told that was us. was a very good cut. I'm like, Everything wow. he tells us, he's got pictures. <laughs> okay. Videos of him backstage <laughs> ripping it with his guitar with whoever, with Tyler or whoever he, Tyler. yeah, it's just mind boggling. And you know, he makes, he makes all this shit, leather bags, straps, spices, spices. Cause we went to a late night dinner and he pulls the bags. Here, try some of these spices here. We sit down, them. we get our food. He's got Wait, spices. He delivers the food. He unzips his panty bag. fight for the most collective freaking person in this industry. Hey, Boofy? Yeah. Yeah. And I says, man, that's a nice, would you call that a purse or whatever? He goes, kind of a carry off. And I says, man, that's really cool. I go, what do those go for? He goes, uh, four grand, four grand. For you? For you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, I said, Right yeah. now you can have this one, three grand. He goes, I liked your, he made these, he was welding these Venus Flytrap cigar 
um, ashtrays, you know, like there's standalls and the Venus five chair right. comes up by your chair. And uh, I said, I really wanted those, but man, 18,000 was a little steep for me. He goes, he goes, Hodge, believe it or not, I sold all of them to some guy in China or Japan or something. He resold them the next month for 35,000 a piece and sold them all. And I'm like, God, what? Large is a trip, man. There's no other way to put it. And then after, after COVID, doing the, the, the Zoom meetings. Zoom meetings, yeah. yeah when, 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 he, when he's singing, it was, it was fun. So during COVID, you know, we we all we all still we all. Still I talked on a couple of his COVID calls. Yeah, we we used I mean, to. I just was watching. I wasn't just ready yet. We used to. We'd get. We'd start about five o'clock and about one o'clock in the morning. Lars would call in. There he was, with that guitar, start singing out "Cowboy Fucked Your Neighbor's Wife" and just ran with a beautiful little bunny, a beautiful little bunny, twenty-two year old girl. He's sitting there smoking a little cigar. Yeah. So he married a. 23-year-old girl? Yeah. Two of them or whatever? I got he's, got a, he's got a cult going on, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's fun, man. He's a character. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really hot on this uh, dedication of this torpedo. I like yeah, this. we call it MITRE. MITRE? Yeah, M-I-T-R-E. It's a funny story. So speaking of Wooden Indian, I go into Wooden Indian and we came out of that shape. That was a lot. That's always the last shape that we bring to a line. It's limited in the sense that if somebody really gobbled them up, we'd make more. It's not like we'll make more if we need to. It's just not every shop will carry it. I just really love it. It's more of a personal smoke. But so I walk in and my first line of cigars are uh, dedication, dedication. I named every Patola after somebody in my life. So there's a story behind every Patola. Now, going forward, we call any 6x60 huge, any torpedo that's a 5x54, we call miter. So I walk in there, and I'm a little pissed off, and blah, 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 and the guy said, Nick, what are you so pissed off about? And actually, Tommy's seated, like, I'm intense, I don't know what I, don't know what I wound up about. I'm always afraid I would miss something. And I go, God damn it, we got this thing, we got to finalize it. The packaging's done, but I just got, what's the name that we're gonna put on that? Because you know, obviously we use the same font, everything else, the name. And he goes, for what? And I gave him one of the samples of the, the cigar. And he goes, why don't you just call it the Pope's hat or the Bishop's hat? You know, the pointy top on top. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I think that's called a meter. I looked at it, it's actually pronounced miter, M-I-T-R-E. The so, Pope's hat. Yeah, the Pope's hat or the Bishop's hat, whatever. So that, that thing that's that pointed is called a miter. So I laughed, I, I called Frank and I said miter. He goes, I like the, I got, I like the name. And he goes, what? Because he does all the trademarking. And uh, not that we trademarked that name, but we had to put it in. He and us all like the packaging and all that stuff after we were done with our creative piece. He goes, what does it mean? I go, it's the Pope's hat. And he starts laughing, he goes, and just hangs up on me, <laughs> like, because we, we had to get it depressed. <laughs> so I get the box, I take the first box in, and I have, you know, now I, I gotta carry these fucking shark. These people ask me to sign stuff, which is cute, and I love it, I don't mind it, I love it. My kids laugh their ass off, or my friends back home, it's funny, I go on the road and it seems like everybody hangs on every word. I get home and I'm just another jackass in Philly, you know? So, <laughs> um, so I take the box and I go in and I sign it to Todd, paid him full, packs, so it was just peace and Latin, because we love to play with Latin a little bit, now that we're fluent in it. Mickey and I go pay the full, whatever, I hand it to him. And uh, he starts laughing and then all the rest of the guys in the shop just to piss him off. Every cigar, they smoked every cigar. They wouldn't smoke another cigar until they smoked the whole box. It was gone just to piss them off. So he came back. There was one cigar left in the box that I originally gave him. So there are a bunch of characters in there. So that's that's how that kind of came to be. That's kind of funny because that's that's kind of our because when we 
first we're coming up with the name for our first one. Oh, before you get into that, the cigars that Mark handed, Megan and Tommy, that yeah. is our hooligan and our cyclops. Nexus Andreas on the Cyclops and then uh, Three Year Habano on the Hooligan. Yeah. The Hooligan's got the pumpkin on it. Yeah, because the Cyclops has the Cyclops on it. Well, I can't see that. I'm so glad that Tommy worked that out with you. They're good. They're good. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> hey, I have the sharpest. I told you. He's sharp as a cue ball, that boy. That's right. Uh, he'll be ready to put me on an airplane. Nothing gets by me. And you mentioned the, the miter, and the, you mentioned the Air Force Academy. I, I actually was wondering if there's any connection to this. There's like a, a defense contracting firm called Miter. Oh no, no, not at all. Uh, it was it was it was the hat. It was the hat. I bet the that Pope's was the, hat. yeah. Well, I bet that was inspiration for 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 their their brand too. The Pope? No, yeah. No, no, the def, def oh. Yeah, the defense guy. I wonder what they do. Maybe it's something that's pointy or something like torpedo. I don't know. So they, uh, among other things, have a have a, a commercial imagery constellation. So they they're. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, uh, Frank might know. He's he's actually he made his nickels in um, logistics, obviously. So but, that's a that's how we got to really know each other. He just got out of the academy. They, they, have, they, they have real sophisticated ways of looking at people's backyards. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty exposed. I, I work for Clinton's second administration, so I can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Well, Did you do the Monica? No, but you know, the funny thing is, is I got, so Como was Secretary of HUD at the time, and, um, my brother was in college or right out of college, and I got him a job working directly interning. I think he made like 15 bucks an hour, which interns back then you didn't have to pay him, which was amazing. And he was at the White House to do some training before they sent him over to HUD, or Secretary Como. You know, that's the governor that just got himself from some shit from New York. And, um, he was there and he left just before the Monica Lewinsky thing happened. So it was pretty funny. I was in, yeah, I was still living in DC at that time. I mean, it, it was just such a pain in the ass because the city already gets clogged to begin with. I mean, when the president, no matter who the president is, when the president goes through town, you see all the sirens and you see all the rollers going through. And I had a lot of friends in Secret Service, you, you name it, I had friends in it, which was pretty cool. Well, partly because I was also a liaison to those guys at one point, I was on the advanced team. And uh, the first time you see the president go there, it's pretty fucking cool. The second time, it's kind of cool. The third time, fuck you, I gotta get to work. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the only excuse that you could ever give your boss, you know, when you're like just a entry level person, like the president held me up and you wouldn't get in trouble. Anything right. else is bullshit. Right. But if you, uh, I got caught, oh, I heard it, okay, you're fucked, you know, so. And they, they tried to limit stuff like that. Like we had uh, the Mike Pence visit and, and they said, if you don't want to get stuck here till five, go home or better take the day off. Right, well that's a destination travel, right? So yeah. when you're in DC, you, you don't know when the president's coming in or out or buzzing them over. So the city all of a sudden, you know, gets shut down. Locks in, yeah. So those cigars, like you were talking about how you come up with a name or, you know, your process or whatever, Mark says to me, I said, well, what do we want to do about this name? Mark says, I think, I was thinking about an anchor. 
Because this is going to be our first cigar anchor, and then we're talking, you know, skulls are good. How can you go wrong with a skull? Powerful. So then I go out to dinner. He's got skulls all over his body. Literally, he's got giant skulls all over his body. Literally, you can't come wrong with a skull. So I go to dinner with my wife, my grand. I says, "You got a pen on yet? Get a napkin." I draw this anchor, and then the crossbones coming out. You know where the anchor, the arms come out, and then I do a skull. And I'm like, "Well, let's just put a one eye on him." And then put the CP and whatever in there and then send it to him. And he says, I love it. It's good. We'll just call it the Cyclops or the anchor. Did it up being the Cyclops? And then I send it off to my kid. Here, clean this shit up. Because you know how to do that on the computer. Right. Scan it in and clean it all up. And, and that's how kind of we came up with the, the Cyclops. And then. That's uh, cool. I like it. It's got an anchor. Kind of. Yeah. And then we put a little boat rope. Because, you know, St. Louis is a riverfront town. and. Yeah. So, so the I personally think the, that's our greatest asset. We haven't done shit down there except put an arch, which that's cool. Why don't you start the Cyclops Navy? See, I thought I thought this was a cool touch too, though. Now, are you two related? No. Oh, okay. No, we're just uh, we're all we're Brothers all family, man. We we all uh, we all hit on different levels. I love it. Uh, so the funny thing about when it comes to bourbon, huh. similar. Uh, yeah, we uh, I was I was a Scotch guy for. Yeah, Frank, my partner's a Scotch I started guy. drinking when I was nine, eight, nine. Um, at my first cigar, I was nine years old, and it just went on from there. I was a Scotch guy. You know, it was kind of family thing. It was right. Scotch. It's what it was. I've got a very impressive, you know, I've, if there's a Macallan, with the exception of million-dollar sold bottles, I have them. Um, anything from Edgerton and Company, Highland Park, Baldini, through and through, I've got them. Right. Love them. I meet him one day. We're, we're at a cigar bar. We're hanging out. And uh, there's this bottle up on the top shelf. It's been there since before I'd ever fucking been there. Right. It's Heaven Hill White Label, bottle and bond, 100 Bottle and bond, yeah. We were pouring it at four something to drink, right? And he goes, dude, you, I'm going to have that, and then you have to have it with me. We had that glass, and probably for the next day, every day thereafter for two, three weeks, we would meet up, we would have a different drink, this, that. Ah, that's cool. Now when you look at my bar, I've probably got the same 124 bottles of scotch, and I've Probably in the realm of three, four hundred bottles worth of bourbon. <laughs> wow! And it's just, and a lot of it is is the fun, man. You know, like a lot, a lot of mine. The experience, um, the yeah, that's what it is. And you you find these bottles, and it's like, I am in, in the bourbon side. I have become probably the biggest Booker's junkie. Better yet, the little book junkie that I know. Like, I absolutely love the little book chapters that come out. Mm -hmm. 127 plus proof, um, four different age mash combinations that go together. But a lot of what sits on my bar is that bottle range between 27 and 58, 60. And like, so my point of argument with that is like, when I'm at Linton, we're serving something and someone's, you know, and, Everyone's, they're drinking whatever they want. And then and you always get this inevitable question. They're like, what's a good bourbon that's less than a hundred bucks? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> give it a Google, dude. He goes, oh, I do, but I don't know the names. I'm like, trust me, man. Look, I, I, I'll tell you what, take a hundred dollar bill and go to any liquor store. I don't care if it's a wine and cheese, if it's a total, if it's a big package store, if it's a local store. You'll get four bottles with change on that $100, and I guarantee you three of them you're going to love. Guarantee it. 
For sure. And then I'm like, then if you want to get really nerdy into it, sit down and look at whose juice it is. And then for like a lot of this, most of what's on this, what'd you call this, a Lazy Susan? Yeah. This spinny uh, barrel head here? Yeah. Spinny barrel head. It's all from Heaven Hill. That's the technical term. Spinny, spinny, spinny barrel head. Spinny barrel head. Spinny barrel head. <laughs> spinny barrel head. I like with, with, with the exception of the uh, scotch, so you, I don't, we didn't really mm. point it out, but if you're into that. This is the uh, 18 Spios. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's scotch that's finished in American rye barrels. Okay. Oh, mind fuck. <laughs> we were at Smoking Set last week. Okay. Uh, Lionel's a great guy. Did you guys go to Smoking Set? Yes. Okay. You met. That's where we're going next. Yes. Okay. So, Lionel. Amazing guy. Okay. Lionel is fantastic. I'm working on the bar. Smoking Set. Six 20 minutes. minutes. Oh, we're 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, how far are we from there to uh, 25. 35. <laughs> he All right. I've got my schedule, boss. <laughs> he'll, he'll tell me when to shut up. But we're in there walking around, looking at the bar, we're hanging out, and I see a Johnny Walker rye. A Scottish blend rye whiskey. Now, anyone that knows me knows what I think about Johnny Walker. I take cleaner shits than Johnny Walker takes, okay? That rye, that rye. <laughs> Fantastic, That's fantastic. Incredible. I just don't like the smoky scotches. It's, but it's, it's, a, it's a rye. Right, so there you it's, go. It's a smoked rye bread is what it tastes like. It's sweet, subtle spice, little nasal. It, it's amazing, it's a lot of fun. It's in a gorgeous bottle too. I he, found a Johnny Walker I like. He's turned me on to some scotch. I have a nice little small scotch collection. But what is the, that number five? I like scotch that's not as peaty and it's been finished. He likes, he likes the Macallan editions. Yeah, and I, and for me it was Balvini. Yeah, you're a 14 Caribbean, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta pour you that 21 Port Blade next time. Yeah. I'll cover half of it, deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I... To come back to something you asked me earlier that I never got to answer because things went other yeah. directions. <laughs> you asked me what I thought about being on the road yesterday and today with Mickey and subsequently tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, so to to re-reference that, what is it? I don't know if I worded it this way, but how has it been, or what is it like to actually be with the owner of a company on the road? You as a new broker, right, handling the company and benefit of himself, but benefit of yourself as well. How has it been or what is that like? The simplest single word answer I can give and then I'll expand on it is education. So it, because I know how I am. You know, I, I, I talk, I can talk to anybody. I don't have an issue with that. You put me in a room with a million people or two people and I can talk to you. Doesn't bother me. And Mickey was able to sit back and observe at one of our stops and gave me some constructive criticism about how to better engage people and let them engage me and still get the word out about why I'm there. That was one thing. Listening to him and the vast knowledge that he's got from his prior time working for other companies and the people he knows. People that, <coughs> Huber, I would love to be able to sit down and talk to Huber. I've never had the opportunity 
But that's one of those people that I. That's a rare to. thing. He's a very shy guy. He, he is, and one of the things about Huber that, uh, that that you have to respect and you have to know is that man. I, one of my funniest things I say about that um, is I have text. I actually called John. He was in Nashville on a Saturday. I was like, "Hey, John." He goes, "What's up?" I was like, "Hey, uh, Hodge is in town. He wants to come by the warehouse." <laughs> Hangs up on me and texts me and says, "It's family time." No. Yeah. I literally felt like I yelled at my father in the head. Uh, there uh, he is. Uh, uh, I got scolded. Yeah, <laughs> Hodges down there, man. He's ready to go, boy. He wants to talk to you and hang out. The shop closes at 6 p.m. on Friday. It's over. Hey, it's one of the dudes that I even really paid attention to is Nick Milio. Mm -hmm. I just think the man is phenomenal at what he does. That's a foundation, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And I got the opportunity a couple years ago at we used to work with Saka at True uh, States. Yes. And Nick did? Yeah. yeah. He, no, was one of the, he was one of the leaders. Nick will say Saka did it, Saka will say Nick did it, or they'll say whatever. I don't know, but the, the, they worked on that as one of the really big breakouts. Saka draw, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, these guys that I have looked up to and thought, God, these guys are great at what they do, he knows. And it's like, wow. So I, I get to hear these things and I get. I know more of Nick than I do of Nick, but yeah, I see what you're saying. You just know a lot of these people that I'm going, man, I would love to just be able to have that conversation, get that education. And that's part of, you know, just riding down the highway, trying to keep my mouth shut as much as I can and absorb what I'm hearing because... Well, yeah, he was listening to me. I'm talking to Nimish, I'm talking to Hamlet, I'm talking to all these fucking guys talking to my partner. What the fuck, where's this going? Let me get this, I want to find what this, we need that. We got this project going. Can I get my hands on some candela? You know, so it's like, yeah. So you're getting to witness the full road business side of it. Yes. Yeah. And that's awesome education. Yeah, that, that's great, man. I mean, there's there's one thing, and and make I hope you'll agree with this that I've said about I've said this to a lot of people, um, people with many more years of experience than myself, not many more than you. I've met one or two been in longer than you. Especially the developmental side of companies, the yeah, way you I'll, have. Yeah, I was out for a little bit. I was over twenty. I'm in Max seventeen. So but but out, yeah. even still, man, what, yeah. what you did twenty years ago is still what grew companies to today. Set footwork for today. Um, business models that are still following Ooh. now. I've said it over and over, and it's something that we have joked about: is the second that you come to a point where you have stopped learning, or you're you're not willing to listen to someone else, you're a fucking idiot. You've become immediately complacent. And the dude that didn't know as much as you yesterday is three times smarter than you today, right? If you can't do that, you're wrong. You're out. You're done. It doesn't matter, you know? So if you say trying to shut your mouth, no, you're, you're, you're getting to witness the business on the fly, like literally on the fly, on the road, yeah, driving Mark, on the road. How often do you know me to be quiet? Uh, <laughs> today? Today. You've been quiet today. Yeah, right? I, when, when I went back to my wait, wait, room last wait, night. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Wednesday, the 30th of March. <laughs> Tommy shut his mouth. Yeah, we're there. We've made it. <laughs> I was like, dude, come up for air. <laughs> Gentlemen. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> so we'll, we'll take a quick break. <laughs> Finish the drink and get the James Bond. We got to go. Yeah. All right, so look, we're going to take a pause here. We are going to wrap up the 100th episode here in a little bit. We have some things that... 
Uh, we want to thank and do all that. I'm going to start making thank you for coming, man. Wow, thank you. I have to do this, man. This is awesome. When you're, when you're in a rat race, I am excited about All Saints. This thank is you. awesome. Yeah, no the product is... Fuck, dude. That St. Francis was amazing. There's no other way to put around it. And this this torpedo on this size, I'm sold. I need that. So um, when you put it in, let Tommy let me know so we can get a box of it. We'll pick it up. Um, all of this is going to be transferred to Brian and Andrew at Lit. So yep. he'll have a conversation with them soon as well. Um, this is fantastic. I can't wait for this in the humidor. So, and Andrew, if you're listening, happy birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Scooby Drew. He did yeah. say thank you, by the way. Uh, so we, uh, the next time we do this, is, I know at the last minute we kind of put it together, but let's have a little bit more pork talk. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I, I'm having anxiety about leaving. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I was, back to work. We, we were surprised, you know, Sunday Tommy calls me and lets me know that this is happening Wednesday, which we don't plan shit. I, mean, I told you that a bunch of times. Right. We both told you that. But at the same time. You're a name, man. You've got history in the industry. It would be awesome to sit around much longer, even when the recording stuff is done, Yeah. to just kick back and talk things that you can disclose and we can discuss in the industry that you know you don't want to have out on, on, on audio, right? That's right. nothing bad. That's nothing wrong. Right. Maybe, maybe you have new things working that you, know, you just don't want to leak it and stuff like that. Or we can get into deep depths of tobacco and, and have more drinks and kick off and just talk shit for hours on end, right? right. So we'll definitely, I know Tommy will let, let me know, let us know when you're back. If we can schedule an extra day with you, even if we don't have to do the podcast, this would be fantastic. Yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty damn sure that I'm going to be in the corridor uh, the 9th and the 10th of September. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I don't necessarily do down the Shore House in Labor Day because it's like... Don't leave the house. I don't think we're going to be scheduled to be done that weekend anyway, so might be able to come out here a little bit early and get some stuff done, have some fun. That would be awesome. Because uh, this has been fantastic. I'm still, I, I did like the tub. I'm still at JW. That was absolutely delicious. Take that with you. We got we got stuff here. Oh, I got to I got to travel. I got to fly. So, well, we'll get one to you. Whatever. And the next time you come in, kind of tell me what you like, and we'll have it. Or we can spend a couple hours. Can on you our find that easily on here? Um, oh, not no, easily, but I know where they're at. Yeah, maybe we'll pick up a bottle tomorrow. I can. I got to check luggage. He's got a bottle for me. I got to check luggage going back anyway. So over the bridge, take him to Illinois. Well, I'm quite confident Captain Z's got it. Z's got it. Yeah. Oh, oh go see Zach then. That's easy. Yeah, Captain Z's. I'm pretty damn sure Zach's got it. That'll be. Yeah, the next time you come, if we want to, I've got a little pad in the back of my house, and we can dip down in the vault, and you guys can try some stuff. And yeah, when, when you're, my test or something, I when you're back in that time, his, awesome. his pool will be open. Mine will look like a Flintstone episode, but it'll be there. Yeah, when we were driving down and you said we're going to be on the porch, I was just had to go try to find a bathing suit or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, uh, quick story, so when I was in college, uh, I think it was my senior year. It was my first or second senior year. And... Um, we bought a station wagon and we took it down to the automotive place. And I think five or six of us went in on it. So it really wasn't that much. It was in great condition. We knew the guy down at the automotive place because he used to hang out in the college bar that we had and we had him cut the roof off. And he oh. goes, and we, and then we put a kegerator in the back of the trunk. And it was this big old long kind of station wagon like thing. And he goes, well, what are you going to do when it rains? I go, well, where are our bathing suits? <laughs> so, 
I did the same thing when I was in college. Uh, I joined a fraternity and one of our brothers owned the party place in town. I bought a, a little orange 240Z for my defensive coordinator. And it's just a two-seater. And, uh, and the, you know, in the winter, I would usually be training track and whatever. I just put, put one of those pony cakes in the back. So whoever's going up to dinner with me, bam, just pull it right over the, you know. Right. Didn't even need glasses in the old 240. It was fabulous. Mm. So I know you guys got to go. Tommy, thank again, you. thank you so much for setting this up. We'll take our little break here. Mickey, if you'll say goodbye, thank you so much. And Tommy, thank be sure you. to come say bye, okay? Hey, this is great. Uh, so you're at Grand Crew tomorrow night, and oh, you are yes. at River tomorrow night. Tomorrow Riverman night. Riverman tonight. tonight. Riverman tonight. Sorry. Riverman is on Watson. Watson. Yeah, Watson. Grand Crew off of Ann. Um, that'll be a lot of fun tomorrow night. I'm sure tonight's going off. You got a piano player tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He's right? got Dan and I. We haven't seen each other in a while, so it's uh, it's gonna be good to catch up with him. Awesome. And then uh, also, anybody listening on uh, Friday night, I'll be in at the Black Horse in uh, New Jersey. So, right on. Wow, happy right break. on. I'll just get on my horse and get up. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break, guys. We'll be right back. We're gonna say our goodbye. Stand by. All right, guys. We are back. The Bourbon Cowboy took off to the little girls' room real quick. Man, century episode. We hit it off to have the squirting German here. And then Tommy Klein of 314 Cigars and Mickey Pegg himself to show up. That was utterly amazing, man. Um, I really, really love it. Okay. Oh, it was recording. I'm sorry. There we are. We're back. Um, love it. Go ahead, Mark. What did you think? So, actually, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working out. I just lit that Habano. It's it's actually later than I expected. Uh, I was really into that St. Francis. Um, <clears throat> uh, for that one, the, the fun thing about that one is I was immediately thinking about pairing options. Um, there's a lot that that one can can do. That's into our that's uh, that's the first music. Uh, what happened to the music? I don't know. It was like, yeah, I'm sorry. It went, maybe it went off or whatever. Sure no, no, I'll fix it. Um, yeah, it was that fantastic, was I enjoyed the hell out of it. Awesome. It was fucking great. And I'm telling you, hey, uh, this is mine, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I smoke Sheldon's. <laughs> now we have the same ones. Yeah, but you. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. I'm sure if you liked it, I'm gonna freaking like it. You want to? You no. smoke too. Yeah, hey, you set it all up. Yeah, hey, 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 it's fucking dude, this is mean. <laughs> this is mean. And he pulled that out at the last minute out of his little magic. That came out of the bag, bro. Yeah. Go ahead, what were you saying? So I like the versatility of that of, of that first one, that, that that St. Francis that we tried. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of pairing options with that one. Um, well, I thought it was crazy because I was smoking it with that. Um, so what we'll do is uh, I'll try to get him a bottle and take it down there tomorrow night to him. At, uh, oh, are you free tomorrow? You're free tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't have Janine's baby. Oh, fantastic. It's at seven. 
I've got to actually work out great because we got to run product up to smoke and sip tomorrow. I'll be up at three tomorrow rolling everything and then or labeling it and then we'll get it all fucking delivered so we can have it there. But then we can go down. Which one do you want to give to him? The JTS? He wants that damp. The damp. Oh, I don't have the damp. Oh, I do have a bottle of damp. And I just, one. I just, I. If you can get more, I'll bring mine. If you I can, drank the rest of this and I opened the other one I had. Can but you get I'm more of that? I'm confident. Yeah, I'll find I'll bring, tomorrow. I'll just grab mine, or you grab yours tomorrow and I'll put mine in my backpack and then whatever. All right. He can fly with his and we can share that one. Um, so we're gonna go to Grand Crew tomorrow, tomorrow night, so. Anyway, I, what I was saying is, is that St. Francis, just about halfway through, man, I felt like that thing was really kicking in and I was moving off of Dant and then getting into JTS Brown and it was almost mimicking the same flavors. And sometimes we don't want to do that in a pairing. Yeah. It was kind of, I know we talk about strength to strength, uh, but it, it was really fun smoking that against that. And then when I got to early times, the, um, the spicy, I, I think the nice thing about this is it's kind of spicy. Then this just goes out to just smooth you know all mm -hmm. kinds of layers of really nice stuff in there all right hold that thought guys one second we're gonna take a quick break and part two will start in just one second <laughs> 